Welcome to Offscreen Babble with Shada and Kyle, where we talk about TV shows and movies we've seen recently. Today is episode 71, The Lion King 2019, The Cats trailer, and Big Little Lies season 2 finale. And if you're a returning listener, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and also make sure to subscribe. And make sure to check out our show notes where you can see what we talk about at what time so you can skip ahead and avoid spoilers. So the first thing we're going to be talking about today is The Lion King. Uh, We should mention that we actually went on Movie Lovers Guild and talked to Blake about The Lion King. So I feel like we might be referencing some of our feelings like, oh, when we were on Blake's show. But just so anybody knows, if you're interested in hearing that episode, look in our show notes and you can find uh, the information so you can listen to that. But for today, we're going to be talking about The Lion King 2019. Kyle and I have a guest, and it's going to be my sister, Yet. Hi, Yet. It's me. Yeah, (laughs) so Yet has been on our show before, but it's usually just been uh, uh, Yet and I. Mm -hmm. And now this is the first time with Kyle on it as well. That's right. And we all saw The Lion King 2019. And yeah, I think also the format of this review is going to be a little bit different because for us, because we normally try to do a review and then spoilers. I'm just going to say... This is all spoilers because most people have seen the 1994 version. If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So if you're like, I don't want any spoilers, then yeah, I guess don't listen to this segment. But I think it's just going to be easier for us just to have an open conversation about this movie. Um, In case someone's like, The Lion King, what is that? I'm going to read the IMDb (laughs) synopsis. Um, We shouldn't laugh. Maybe there's some. Sure. Yeah. the IMDb but synopsis. I too. I'm not saying just <laughs> After the murder of his father, a young lion prince flees his kingdom only, le- only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. Uh, this version of The Lion King is directed by Jon Favreau, who's directed tons of movies. He's written and acted in tons of stuff. But I think for directing, he's probably best known for Elf, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Jungle Book. There's other stuff, too. Uh, this is written by Jeff Nathan's son, which I'm going to get into the writing in a second because yeah, I was going to say I almost this movie feel, is written by him. Yeah, because I almost feel like it, the credit should go to the 1994 writers, but yeah. we'll get to that in a second. But this is written by Jeff Nathanson, who wrote um, Speed Two, Rush Hour Two, Catch Me If You Can, and Rush Hour Three. Huh. Um, so yeah, I guess with this, because this movie is a remake, the easiest way. It's it's hard to not compare it to the 1994 version. So I wanted to first mention, or at least kind of discuss our thoughts about the 1994 version. Uh, yet you are a few years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I remember that you watched The Lion King a lot when I was little. So, what does the 1994 animated version mean to you, or how do you feel about it? It's literally my favorite movie. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So not yeah. just your favorite Disney movie. It's my like... favorite movie, like, oh, ever. Okay. Yeah. Have you okay. seen it recently? Um, I think maybe, like, a year ago. Okay. Like, it was on, like, ABC Family or something, and, mm. like, I recorded it on YouTube TV. I don't know if you guys still have it, but... Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I watched it, and then I rewatched it, because I can never watch it just once, so... <laughs> okay, yeah. so you really like it. Did you ever... I know you used to watch, like, the... Um, 
Was it Lion King one and a half or Lion King two that you used to watch a lot? Both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. but I watched Lion King two a lot because I guess I remember you telling me I broke the VHS tape. I don't even for the original. That. Oh, okay. well, you would always tell me like, yeah, you broke it, so we only had the Lion King two, and I watched the Lion King two so much. Okay. And then okay. When, or did she say that and she broke it so you couldn't watch it anymore? Shut I up. don't remember that <laughs> happening either. So yeah, I don't I don't think that happened, but yeah. But yeah, no, I remember watching The Lion King 2 like so much that like obviously you couldn't forget the Lion King the first Lion King, but like I would reference Lion King 2 more as a kid than the first one. But then I remember um Maybe I was like 10 or 11 and it was like the Lion King. I forgot which anniversary it was, but they came out with like a special edition Mm -hmm. of the DVD where it had like a new scene. Like they added a new song to the movie. Really? Yeah. Into the original Lion King? Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot which anniversary it was, but like um, the song was called The Morning Report where Zazu is giving Mufasa and stuff of the morning report. But instead of just talking, like he speaking, he's singing it. Wow. And it's like a silly song that leads up to the pouncing. Okay. Um, so Was it I good? W- it's a cute song, but I could do without it. Okay. <laughs> like nothing okay. beats the original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, no, I just remember watching that one specifically so many times. Like, um, especially like in like middle school and like kind of early high school and things like that. I would just watch Lion King like all the time. So yeah, I didn't realize that it was actually like your favorite movie. I just knew you liked it a lot. So mm-hmm. that's really good going into this movie, knowing how you feel about it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Kyle, what do you think about the 1994 version of the Lion King? So I haven't seen it in a while. I think maybe not since like middle school or high school or something. Um, but I remember it very clearly. I think I've seen it quite a few times, uh, definitely not to yet's extent, but, um, I did really love it. Um, and the songs were great. Um, yeah, I just remember thinking the movie was awesome. Um, I really liked all the different characters too, like Rafiki, the hyenas, mm-hmm. um, some, uh, Timon and Pumbaa, you know, I, I, I love the whole bunch together. So, yeah, okay. So you you definitely liked the movie, but you just haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, for me, probably the same. I haven't seen the 94 version in a while. Um, I really liked it. I remember it being like a really emotional movie for me because oh, yeah. of Mufasa's death. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that being a big thing. Like, oh, wow. I'm like really emotionally moved by this moment that happens in this movie and knowing that whenever I watched it, that was going to be like an emotional thing every time, even though I knew it was happening. Um, I have, let me see. I have like some quick, like very tiny facts about the 94 film that it's just like really small. But mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people always reference that it's Hamlet. They're like, oh, it's the story of Hamlet, which I feel like it's not really because like in Hamlet, everyone dies. <laughs> and then the Lion King Everyone doesn't die. So, like, I mean, it's, it's influence. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm just saying, everyone always says, like, oh, it's it's Hamlet. And it's like, well, it may be influenced by Hamlet. Yeah. Apparently, the relationship with Simba and um, Scar mm-hmm. is references to Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that it's also influenced by the Bible, I guess, the story or the lives of Joseph and Moses. So there's multiple influences, I guess, in this film. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I've heard of before but never really looked into was that the controversy when this movie came out was that um, 
it bears a lot of similarities to, I'm going to mispronounce this name, Azumu Tez- Tezuka. Uh, they had a 1960s anime series called Kimba, the White Lion. Mm. And if you look into this, you start to see like, this came out in 1960, this movie, The Lion King, came out in 1994. If you look at some of the stills, they look very similar. Some of the plot lines seem very similar. Mm. And Disney's, I guess, word on this has always been like, no, it's not the same. And then when you start looking into it, a lot of the animators were fans of this person. So it mm-hmm. seems very much like One something... of them even worked in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I read that too. So... That seems a little weird, like that legacy of like, wow, Disney's so creative. And then learning that is like, uh oh, maybe <laughs> they weren't that creative <laughs> when they did this. Like, I don't know. I was wondering, is is this based off a book or anything? Or uh, the Lion King? Yeah. Well, no. What I'm saying is, it seems like it's highly based off sure. of a 1960s anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so it Dis- was supposed to be just like an original story. Disney claims that it's like we just came up with it. And then a lot of people who are familiar with this anime are like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, this is a lot like this other thing that came out decades ago. Did you so, see that anime yet? I've watched a few episodes when I was like, maybe like a freshman in high school or something. I don't remember it too much, but it is definitely like an old school anime. And there is like a lot of similarities. Like hmm. they also have a baboon character. Um there's yeah. the young prince lion, and he has like a female companion, um, like his equivalent to Nala. Um, he has his father, who's like the king of the jungle, and things like that. Yeah, so, so essentially yeah. it's the same movie <laughs> <laughs> or the same thing. Like, yeah, it, but that's interesting. It was a show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but that's that's the little bit of controversy, I guess, connected to the '94 version. Um, but yeah, so knowing how we all feel about the film, the 94 version, I'm assuming that's kind of what we brought into the 2019 version. So I wanted to talk about real quickly, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that they were doing a live action Lion King? My first thought was fear (laughs) that it was going to be awful. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after I was like, okay, I trust Disney to do a good job. Hmm. Just because I saw um, The Jungle Book, Disney's The Jungle Book remake, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was so good. I don't know if you guys have seen it. We have not, no. Oh, it's so good. I think it's on Netflix, but like, okay. it's so good. I loved it. And I didn't really like The Jungle Book as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but watching the remake, I was like, oh, I want to watch this remake, and I want to go back and watch the original Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, they did such a great job on that that i trust them to do a good job on the lion king okay mm-hmm. um i'll just go into my thoughts real quickly i i think a lot of people were like how do you make something live action like are you going to use real lions like i think there's a lot of confusion about live action versus like is this still animated mm-hmm. i think they've come down to it being like photorealistic mm-hmm. um but it's animated or a certain type of animation mm-hmm. i guess it's not real lions. It's, it's CGI. CGI. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. But for me, I was just kind of like, how is that going to work? And I guess part of me thought, okay, but they're going to like make it cartoony. Right. And then the more information I heard about it, I was like, oh, that's weird. But eh, if anything, it's just going to be fine. Like, I, I guess my thought was like, I can't imagine it being great, but I can't imagine it being bad. It's just going to be kind of in the middle. Hmm. That's what I assumed. What about you, Kyle? 
Yeah, I think I was kind of on your side with that. Um, mostly I was just like, oh, I haven't seen The Lion King forever. This is nice. It'll get me to see it again. And uh, it'll be interesting how they do that. Um, but I don't think I had any real assumptions of what it was going to be exactly. But, you know, I, I liked The Lion King. So I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think the thing that it was kind of like a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> I think, for a lot of people because. One of the first things they did was announce the cast. So let's go over the cast in this film. Sure. Uh, Donald Glover, Beyonce, Billy Eichner, Seth Rogen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, James Earl Jones, who obviously is in the original as well, uh, Alfre Woodard, John Oliver, uh, Penny Johnson-Gerald, uh, Florence Kasumba, and, oh, Keegan-Michael Key, and Eric Andre. So... The names I probably mentioned at the beginning are maybe more recognizable. Beyonce. So, like, <laughs> I think the moment, like, Beyonce, or like, they, I think they probably announced Donald Glover first. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, yeah, that's a great choice. And then they announced Beyonce. And everyone's like, what? Beyonce. Yeah. And so <laughs> my feelings on that were kind of like, oh, like, when you hear that, you're like, oh. And then for me, I was kind of like, but we're not going to be seeing their face because this is voiceover and they're lions. So as excited as I was, like, that's cool. They're going to be in this movie. It's kind of like, okay, but they're lions. They're not, we're not seeing their face. It's not even like a animated. They're singing lions. Sure. <laughs> it, part of the excitement I initially had at just the name mm. died down very quickly out of the reality of like, well, okay, that's, that's cool. And okay. Yeah. Beyonce gets to sing some of these songs. That's cool. Like, or I guess one of the songs. And then we find out that she actually is. Uh, writing a song, an original song for the movie. Um, well an album. Exactly. There's also the this album. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a lot of extra stuff that's happening outside of this movie. But as far as inside of this movie, just more things about the production. Like overall, I think it's really nice that a lot of Disney's animated films previously didn't really have diverse casting. Um, and this is a much more diverse cast. So that's great. Um, I think the other thing, I think they did like their cast photos recently where there was like a black backdrop yeah, and then they mm-hmm. were like in front of a lion. And then I was oh. like, oh, did you not see these? Like it's like Beyonce lion, but... looking at Nala or oh, like, okay. did you see this yet? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's when I was like, uh oh, because it looked a little, it looked, I mean, here's the thing. Beyonce looks amazing, mm-hmm. but it almost looked like, hey guys, see? This is the person who's going to be voicing it. So you have to see the movie, right? And it's like, well, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, but it, it, the, the marketing worked for you. Yes. <laughs> okay, the other thing about the marketing that started to make me worried, as much as I was just like, oh, it's going to be fine, they wouldn't show the lion's mouths moving in the ads. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of, like, hearing Mufasa talk, but never seeing his mouth, or, like, you're hearing them talk, but they're like running or something. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, uh-oh, are their mouths weird? Like, why can't we see them talk? Like, I was imagining initially, like, they would be moving like how people talk, mm-hmm. which obviously, or like how the animation did it. But then when everything was so realistic, it's like, well, how are you going to make them talk? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you would see like half a second in the commercial and it's like, that just looks like their mouth is moving up and down and doesn't really look like they're talking. Did, did you have any of these concerns yet watching um, the commercial? I thought that they were going to, and I'm sure I've told you this, I thought that they were going to do it like Chronicles of Narnia, like Aslan, mm-hmm. because he talked 
like it, a but lot. But didn't his mouth move? Like his lips moved? He, his mouth moved and they did a good job. So I was like, okay. Yeah. If they were able to do it back then, they'll be able to do it now. Okay. So you had like no hesitation. What yeah. about you, Kyle? Uh, that didn't really concern me. I only saw it a little bit. Um, when people, I think critics or something, started seeing it and were saying like, oh, it's like Uncanny Valley and stuff. I was like, hmm, okay. Well. Mm-hmm. What's that? Do you want to explain? Uh, Uncanny Valley, I don't even know if I have the best uh, definition of it, but I guess it's just like when something is artificial, but it's mm-hmm. made to look real. So like these ant- these lions, mm-hmm. they're meant to look real, right? Mm-hmm. But there can sometimes be a point where it's like, uh, that it's not registering in my brain mm-hmm. and I'm able to identify that it's fake. Oh, so like there's and certain, that's called uncanny valley. Yeah, a lot it's of like times where like, it's bothersome, where yeah. it's so real looking, but there's something about it that's not uh-huh. where it kind of messes with. It's your kind brain. of off. So oh. like if if they make a person and it's a CGI person, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like the best example that people bring up recently is like uh in Rogue One with Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't yet. You haven't seen it, but there's nope. a person who they basically this person, the actor, is dead, mm-hmm. but they recreated the person in CGI to bring them into as a character, and oh. it's like it almost works. It om- you're like that is a human oh, being. I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay, and okay. then and then there's a point where it's like, uh, and I think Something's that's a little off. Yeah, oh. I, I'm sure there's obviously a better explanation to <laughs> explain it, but that's that's how I explain it. Okay. Um, so yeah, okay, so Kyle, you were a little bit worried about hearing other critics see the movie and then their uncanny, uncanny valley concerns. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to feel that. So I was more just thinking, huh, you know, we'll see. I'm just going to go into it and see like how I feel. Hopefully it's not really weird, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully it'll be fine. Yeah, I think the thing when I was like, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> was when they finally released the image for Pumbaa. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like every single person was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, because warthogs are probably not cute looking. In animation, you can make them look cute, mm-hmm. right? But in real life, like he had like wispy hair. Like it just all mm-hmm. looked weird, right? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, not weird because it probably looks very accurate to what a warthog looks like, but I yeah. guess yeah. it was just terrifying because maybe many people <laughs> didn't know what a warthog looked like. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's when I was like, oh, maybe this isn't the right medium for this. Like, like that's awesome that they're able to recreate these animals and make them look super realistic, mm-hmm. but maybe this story isn't going to be the right one for it because do people want to see that? that that's mm-hmm. when I started like questioning it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, let's now, now that we kind of knew what we were getting into, to talk about this movie, I think I still was kind of like, oh, it'll be fine. Now that it's been a few days, I think overall my impression of the film is just, I don't think it's good. And I'm actually surprised that I'm now concluding that because I really thought it's in the middle. Kids are going to like it. It's fine. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not for me. And I can't imagine children liking this movie enough for them to ever think about it again. I could see a kid saying, like, oh, I want to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. And then being like, okay. And then moving on with their life and never referencing this movie. <laughs> you know, like, versus when we saw Aladdin, mm-hmm. which I was like, this is a meh middle movie. Mm-hmm. I think kids, though, would have been like, this is awesome. <laughs> Will Smith is so funny. 
oh, let me see this again. Oh, I love all the dancing. Like, I think, yeah. you know, I think kids were like, be like, oh, I want to see this. Mm-hmm. And this movie lacked emotion mm-hmm. for reasons we'll get into in a second. But also, for me at least, it lacked like any fun that the cartoon had with exception of Timon and Pumbaa. Okay. So, yes. Excuse me. Yes. So, so stars of the show. Yeah. So why don't you two tell me your quick review and then we can really get into like each and every detail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give me your like overall review or impression of the movie. Um, I think maybe I'm just biased just because it is my favorite movie and I was so excited to see it. Yeah. But like, I thought it was good. I definitely have a few critiques okay. um, for it. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, it's perfect, just because sure. I love the original so much. Um, I was expecting a little um, something different than what we got, mm-hmm. um, which we could talk about, like, in spoilers and stuff like that. Um, We're kind of in spoilers. You could talk about whatever you oh, want. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, when we get into, like, further detail. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I would say that I liked it. Okay. I know I sound hesitant. No, no, it's <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, no, but um, no, I'd say I'd like it. And I kind of want to see it again just to kind of really get my feelings about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think overall they did a good job minus something. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Kyle, what did you think? I think I'm basically in the middle of you two. Um, hmm. Does that what? work? I'm trying to think. Yesi says she likes it. I'm saying it's bad, and you're saying it's okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a very middle. easy explanation. I, yeah, well, I, was just, I was just trying to understand, because I, I was like, yeah, no, I don't think it's a good movie. Yet seems like she's saying it's good, but it has a lot of issues. She didn't say a lot. Okay, some issues. Yeah. Yeah, a few some. issues, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you're I, saying... I think it has more issues than that, but it's not bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'd say it was okay, basically. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, there were definitely some issues. Um, I would actually kind of be interested in seeing it again at this point to see what I think on a second viewing. But I do agree. I feel like it lacked a lot of the emotion of the original. Um, uh, and it was just you know, a little too much of straight up a remake shot for shot. Yeah. Which we'll get into. But um, so I didn't think it was like really worth it. But the thing that made it great was Was Timon Timon and and Pumbaa. Pumbaa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I would totally watch all of their parts all the time. Sure, of course. Yeah, I, I feel just, like I just want a movie of just them. Yeah, maybe if they did Lion King one and a half, which yeah, which yeah. is just them, <laughs> which that would be funny. Is, is <laughs> the Lion Simba. King from their perspective? Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I guess that, that would be would interesting be... if they did that. Yeah. They're like, well, this movie wasn't that great, but they were awesome. Let's actually remake that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let me just mention this: Rotten Tomatoes. Um, they release or the critic score is fifty four percent as of the time Ooh. of recording, but the audience score is eighty nine percent. Interesting. Um, mm. This movie, because we're recording on a Sunday, I can go over box office numbers. Uh, domestically, it made one hundred and eighty five million dollars, and foreign, it made three hundred and forty six. So worldwide, it's at five hundred and thirty one million dollars, and I guess the budget was two sixty. Anyway, mm. point is, I think it's I think it's on track for what they wanted. I feel like they wanted it to make just a little bit more money domestically, but making $185 million is, like, great, right? For the opening weekend. For the opening weekend. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. very curious what it's going to do continuously because mm-hmm. 
my assumption was no one would want to rewatch this movie and you two just said you want to rewatch it. So I, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm like totally out of the loop and I just don't understand like what people like. But for me, so like now we could, let's just start getting into some of the um, issues with the, or not issues, but just the movie itself. Mm-hmm. I think for me, when I, my issue with the movie and why I ultimately am comfortable saying it's bad when before I was kind of like, oh, it's just in the middle. Like, I'm the more I think about it, it feels bad. The technology used to make these lifelike, photorealistic lions great. I don't think it's good in this story. The script, they did not change. Maybe they added one or two minor parts, but mm-hmm. otherwise, it feels like the same script from the 94 film, which I think has like very light moments, a lot of emotion like different things and they don't translate with a realistic lion that's just looking at you with no expression in the cartoon great they have these big expressive eyes mm-hmm. they're able to smile they're able to frown when they cry tears come out mm-hmm. in this movie there's specifically a scene where young simba is crying and you could hear it in the actor's voice that he's crying mm-hmm. but then we as the audience are seeing the lion stare at you blankly with no expression, no <laughs> tears. His eyes aren't even watering. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even doing like the like cat thing you see where like, oh my gosh, the cat's giving you like this like sad look. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the actor's fault. I think that's just the anim- or the CGI, like the technology they're using for this. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can't get any emotion out of your actors, or mm-hmm. in this case, the CGI lions, that ruins the movie. Yeah. That that ruins the movie. That was like a major thing for me too. Okay. And yeah. and I imagine if you're a kid, a lot of the part a lot of kids like I'm not trying to say kids are stupid, but kids need <laughs> visual things. Like they need like okay, you're you're sad, I want to see you be sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, so well, sure, yes, but I'm saying especially children. If this movie like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not a target audience, I'm a grown adult, like whatever. Yeah. But like I don't know why kids would like this Uh, beyond like kids love animal shows. They love like educational things, Mm -hmm. but this isn't an educational story. It's telling you this like Shakespearean esque story of someone's father dying and them having to come back to their kingdom. Like Mm -hmm. that should be like really emotive. Yeah. And it's not. And so I guess that's, that's the first reason. (sighs) Okay, uh, let me not go on a whole tangent. Let me let you guys say maybe some <laughs> positives or negatives. Go ahead. Um, no, I think the characters not emoting was a big issue. And then them, I would think that they would research body language in Lions. So, like, for example, uh-huh. when baby Simba is crying, he is sad, right? When a cat is, like, sad or in distress, ears go back, maybe... They, like, hold their body a certain way or something like that. Mm-hmm. With him, he's just, like, looking up, like, okay, You just yeah. get stone-cold face, like, no <laughs> expression, yeah. nothing. Pretty much. I feel like the people that were, or not the people, but the characters that yeah. were most expressive were Timon and Pumbaa mm-hmm. um, and Rafiki and mm-hmm. um, Scar, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. so let's, I thought maybe we might want to go into each performance, but Kyle, before we do that, what did you, what do you have to say about a positive or negative that made you lean towards how you ultimately felt about this movie? Well, actually I was thinking that uh, a nice way to talk about it may be 
this emotional aspect first in any of the characters where sure. we feel like it was important. So, like, for me, the pieces where that come are when Mufasa dies and Simba's reaction, as we're saying, just totally not expressive. So instead of, like, crying like I did with the first one, I felt basically nothing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which, like, even with the nostalgia of it, which should also produce exactly uh, emotion with that because of that connection. Um, the other emotional aspect I would say was, and I don't think this is as much in the animation, but in the storytelling and what they specifically did with Rafiki in the original, I felt very connected to him and was like excited when he came back and was fighting and, you know, excited when, uh, you know, he discovered Simba was back and all of that. And with this one, I felt like they just did not do the same amount with Rafiki and you just didn't get that connection to him. Um, That's true. I, now that he's saying that, because I remember in the movie, Rafiki's very expressive. He's very loud and like in your face mm -hmm. and like just like kind of like silly and like, yeah, but this Rafiki, the 2019 Rafiki was very cool and mellow yeah. and like things like that. He I hardly so. said anything, you know, like Rafiki was a much bigger part. another language for most of this movie. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, which I th I think he kind of mixed the two in the old one, mm -hmm. right? But there was, there was just more little, of yeah. him. Like, he was more present. Yeah, he wasn't really that present in this which, movie. Which, again, yeah. I'm not trying to be like, so you think the movie's bad? But <laughs> you're, with all this being said, the movie is an hour and 58 minutes, I believe. Mm -hmm. The original version is an hour and 28 minutes. Let me make sure I'm right. Yeah. So they added 30 minutes into this movie, but somehow... One, I can't really identify 30 minutes worth of new content. So I don't know. It felt, this movie felt slower, like the same movie, but slower mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and unnecessarily so. And it felt like the little moments here and there were just not as effective as I think what they wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And overall, I just feel like this movie at first I was going to say maybe they don't know who this movie is for, but I kind of almost feel like they feel like this movie is for adults. Like, okay, you don't want to see a cartoon, right? You want to see like real stuff. So like the real lions and Rafiki wouldn't be like jumping ar around and being lively. He'd be more subdued. So that's what we're going to do. I just mm -hmm. feel like that's the, the little changes that they did make mm -hmm. felt like they were guided in the sense of, Oh, it needs to be grounded. It needs to be real and not fun. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Dang. like, and I just don't understand how that is going to translate for anyone because mm -hmm. or for their target audience, because their target audience is probably children and adults who have seen the 94 version who mm -hmm. maybe have children of their own now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like that's who they were marketing to children or to the adults who so have the adults who watched it and who possibly have children now sure yeah. and i guess i'm just imagining if you're an adult who watches this like me it's just like oh why wouldn't i just watch the 2d animation one i want to ask you guys something yeah besides the kid that was sitting in the row yeah um the same row as us did you see a lot of children in the theater well we went at 8 p.m at night so i wouldn't imagine seeing a lot of children on a thursday <laughs> Like, I mean, school's out. School's out. That is true. It but was kind of late. It though, was. It was the opening. Yeah, it's huh. opening night. So I imagine like today on Sunday, kids are going now okay. versus when we. I was went. just wondering, like you, now that like, did I see a lot of 
children. No, but, but for instance, bringing up that child who was sitting next to us when Mufasa died, this was his reaction. Did his dad die? <laughs> and that was it. No, it, he didn't sound distressed. He didn't sound concerned. He was just like, huh. He's dead. <laughs> like, it, it was just like, so, and I think that's truly because of the style of mm-hmm. what they're doing with these effects. I think they mm-hmm. just lack any emotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Oh like, my gosh, now that you brought that up, sorry not to go off subject. Have you guys seen that uh, video of the little girl who's watching The Lion King for the first time? No, she's watching she's the watching animated version. The animated version. Okay. And it's, in Mufasa's death scene mm-hmm. and she's screaming. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, what's happening? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's like, uh, not that it's funny, but it is kind of funny. But yeah, like, it's yeah, also yeah. like, okay, she can, you could tell that she's really emotionally invested like seeing him die and she's like, ah! Yeah, like, yeah. and I could see that happening for a lot of people because the animals in that movie are very expressive mm-hmm. and you're connected to them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just feel like, let's go into the performances mm-hmm. and then we could talk about where they worked and didn't work. Or Kyle, did you want to say something? Uh, no, I think the you know the, these are focusing on the negative parts. And oh, I think sorry. The, <laughs> yeah, that's might be led by the, me. Go ahead. <laughs> the the emotional uh, pieces are the parts that I think were the negatives, basically. And, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. basically those few things, which are core and essential to the plot of the movie. But what are the positive parts? So, and think, and okay, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna alter it a bit. Without saying Timon and Pumbaa, oh, what on. are the positive parts <laughs> of this movie? I'm being I serious. I would say that visually, it was great. Like, hmm. um, okay. it really did feel, to me at least, besides minus some parts, real lions. Yeah. Um, I th- feel like they did a very good job like with the photo capture, whatever type of technologies yeah. being used. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the designs for the characters. I know nobody liked... I know you said not to mention Timon and Pumbaa, but I know no one liked yeah. how Pumbaa looked. Yeah. But I think, you know, they did a good job with Mufasa, Simba. I think they did a good job making the lines look a little bit different so you can kind of tell who's who. Oh. Besides that last scene, I was able to tell which line was which. So, huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the voice you're giving that, me right that's now. That's where you lose a lot of people. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm hearing okay. the words you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that a good reaction? Because otherwise, sure. I <laughs> strongly disagree. I, okay. At least I was able to tell okay. which lines were which. Mm-hmm. Which you are also bear. a uh, cat lover and yes. animal lover as yes. well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So yeah. No, it was cool. It kind of felt like I don't know. I like I was kind of watching like a documentary of lions mm-hmm. and stuff, but obviously it's not a documentary. But yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No. I just. I just liked it visually, too. What did you um, think about the visuals, yeah. Kyle? I, I thought the visuals were very good from a realistic standpoint, and it was really interesting to see, like, what these characters would look like if they were real. I'm like, oh, that's what a real hyena looks like. And like, oh, yeah, that's kind oh, of... okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know what a hyena looks like. I'm assuming I don't think a, a real job. hyena looks like that. Because well, why don't you look up do. a picture? Okay, I did... I've, I've seen hyenas. Oh, okay. And In real life? <laughs> Not in person, no, <laughs> I, in like on TV shows. And to me, I feel like that was the weakest of their recreations. I think their strength were the lions and mm-hmm. like the yeah, warthog. Sure. But I feel like the hyenas, the face didn't always work. And I think overall in the visuals, I think I agree with you. 
basically I would give the visuals like 85% greatness. Like mm-hmm. I think they were pretty good most of the time and mm-hmm. whatever. Where I think it kind of is not there yet is in movement. So when the lions were like walking a lot, it was like this, like Simba when he's doing his uh, Akuna Matata and he's kind of walking, but like walking in a way that looks a bit unnatural and just doesn't mm-hmm. look real to me i don't know really? but the yeah. thing the thing that pointed or that i noticed the most was whenever the lions interacted with one another or interacted with water so there's like one moment where simba's like splashing in the water and it's like oh that doesn't look real and was the, it in the i can't wait to be king i think so okay then i think i know what you're talking about yeah yeah and mm-hmm. then when like um grown-up nala and simba encounter each other again and they're kind of playing with each other it's like it almost looks like real lions playing, but not really. Like there's like something still off, which again, I don't want to discredit any of the effort put into this because it's so close on those moments. But otherwise, yes, I agree. The visuals are very good. I don't know if I agree that they're good for this script though, Mm -hmm. when I have seen the 94 version Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful colors. It's like super lavish. Mm -hmm. You just sent me a picture of a hyena. The face, act, the face actually looks really good, I, I say, think. I, I, okay, so just in case anybody's wondering, I'm, <laughs> Kyle just sent me a picture of a hyena <laughs> to try to argue that the that I'm wrong. And I just don't feel I'm like... I'm trying to argue that you're wrong. Okay, I'm you're trying, trying to, to point out that it's that similar. That it does look like it. I, I'm saying it just looked a little off. I'm not trying to say okay. they, they told me it was a hyena and it was like a dolphin. I'm saying that it just <laughs> looked a little off to me. Okay. Um... Um, having said that, the hyenas were my least favorite part, not okay. visually, not okay. visually, but performance wise. Yes. Okay. Oh. All right. So to get off the visual stuff, I would say that for me, it didn't work all the time. And at the end of the day, as great as the accomplishment is to make these, this very realistic like stuff, the, the, one of the best examples I guess I have is like the scar moment in the movie, there's all this green and he has green eyes and it's like this like spooky moment and stuff. It's very like colorful and lively. Mm -hmm. In this movie, it's gray Mm -hmm. and dusty and accurate to real life, Mm -hmm. but boring. Mm -hmm. And not, you know, like, and the the script. part. Yes. And the script is, you're supposed to be like energized. Mm -hmm. And instead I'm just kind of sitting there like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And and that's that's why I'm saying the visuals I agree, look good, mm-hmm. but don't work in this script. That if, I understand. If the script was different, sure. Mm-hmm. But in this script, I don't know. But Or if they used, like, realistic animals, but, like, still added some, uh, like, Disney elements, like, even in Scar, like, 2019 Scar's, like, Be Prepared segment. They could have made it green, I think. Uh, yeah. Like, I, like, I added feel... some fog or something. Like... Yeah, but that would have gotten rid of what they were trying to do, which is we want it to look like if lions were in Shakespeare. Or, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, that's, I guess, a better way of saying that, like, some of the issues that I had with it were, like, um, I feel like they could have added some Disney elements. It didn't need to be, like, super duper realistic. But exactly. I understand that's what they were trying to go for. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, also, I'd say that a big part that drives the emotion as well as the music. And I don't know if partially, 
partially it has to do with um, we were at the top row and I felt like our sound was much lower than it should have been. Mm-hmm. But also even just listening to the soundtrack a little bit, uh, I feel like the sound mixing was kind of off. It didn't okay. bring the vocals forward as much as I felt it should. And so it didn't have the same impact. Like and listening to the album by like on Spotify or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Apple okay. Music. But Here, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, let me just say this about the music. So right from the beginning of the movie, the way the movie starts is so, I think, very iconic for most people. They remember that beginning. They see the sunrise Mm -hmm. and you're hearing Circle of Life or the beginning of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the the 1994 version was um, sung by Carmen Twilly and uh, also performed by Lebo M. The 2019 version is also performed by Lebo M. But it has a different singer uh, named Brown Ladigwiki Mahizi. Sorry, no, it's probably mispronounced, but it's just a different singer. And I don't want to ever say like, oh, wow, she's not a good singer. She has a different style of singing. Mm -hmm. And the issue, again, is that they didn't change the song. They didn't make it faster. They didn't make it slower. They didn't change the style of it. They were like, oh, do the same song, but let's have a different singer who has a different style. So it when it hits your ear wrong. So when you see the sunrise, it's something that's so familiar, like, oh, I'm going to hear the song that I've heard a thousand times. And then she starts singing and I'm like, I think I turned to you, Kyle, and I was like, something's off, right? Like, Because <laughs> yeah. I literally was like, what is, why doesn't she sound the same? Mm-hmm. Obviously she doesn't sound the same because it's a different singer. Mm-hmm. But it's like, change the song then. If you're going to start doing things differently, just change the style of the song. But of course you don't want to because it's the most iconic song you know, in this movie. Mm-hmm. So like the, I, I, it's slightly frustrating. So to talk about the music that you're bringing up, Kyle, like, yeah, I think the music overall, like yet you mentioned Beyonce has this, um, the Lion King, the gift sound. Mm-hmm. It's not really a soundtrack. It's just an album. Yeah. It's an album, mm-hmm. but that's not what we didn't hear that in the movie. Mm-hmm. We yeah. only heard like the normal songs and her new song spirit, mm-hmm. which Again, another issue I have with this movie is editing. Mm-hmm. When Spirit starts, which I think is an okay, I think the song is fine, right? Mm-hmm. In this movie, it does feel like this is new. And maybe that feels like this is new because I'm so hyper aware of the 94 version. Mm-hmm. But the in this movie, the editing, it's like the song starts and it's like Spirit, and like it, you hear it. Mm-hmm. And then Simba catches up to her. They fade the music down. They mm-hmm. turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, come on, let's go. And then they bring it back up again really awkwardly where it felt like, why wouldn't you just have the song playing the entire time? Like, mm-hmm. it just, it felt very cut, like, and cut. And mm-hmm. now here we start again. And there are other moments where, like, scenes would end. And I'm like, what was, what just happened? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I've heard some people reference, like, there are some, like, editing stuff in the 94 version. That's also, it feels a little like it's skipping things. But I feel like it was very noticeable in this version. Did you guys have any issues mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about regarding the music or the editing? Um, I felt like the mu- music was great. Um, I didn't have any issues with the music, but I also listened to the soundtrack a lot before the movie, okay. before I okay. saw the movie. So maybe I just got used to it. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a problem with the spirit moment. So did that you, you did, did you but, know about the be prepared? Yeah. That it wasn't going to really be a song as much as talking. It was just, just talking. Like a little bit. Yeah. And you were I liked okay it. with that? Hmm. Okay. Why are you looking <laughs> at me like that? I, I, here's the thing. 
good. I'm happy. You're happy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I felt like my issues with the editing are, um, or is that it felt very choppy. And I've been noticing yeah. me saying that with a lot of movies recently. So I don't know if that's like an editing choice that's becoming more popular or something like that. Um, mm. Cause I remember even when I watched Avengers Endgame, um, mm-hmm. I felt like, especially in the beginning, it was like chop, 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 chop. Mm. Yeah. Um, but um, here I felt like it was with the editing also with the dialogue where it felt very quick where it's like this character is talking and this character is talking and this character is talking. And it's like, no, like there's no like moment of like absorbing what they're saying. They're just sure. Talking, they're just talking, talking, talking at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, what did you think? Um, so I think the going back to the circle of life thing, I'm quite sure that um, just listening to it, the background vocals, I guess, were Lebo M, like you were saying, um, were the exact track from the original. And so I think the problem is that when you have the same piece of a song and then superimpose a, another singer in there, that's where it's really jarring and weird because the song sounds exactly the same otherwise, but it's a totally different singer and she's doing different things. Whereas when you cover a song, normally it's all different, uh, you know, performers and things. So, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. It's like, oh, this is a different take on it. And maybe they're trying to do it exactly the same, but it's a cohesive, completely different version. So I think that was like the main problem with that moment, which was kind of weird feeling because of that. Yeah, it's a weird way to start your movie. Exactly. When you're like, wait a minute, what? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And then the sound mixing as well, um, as you were saying, when it drops out, yeah, it was a little odd. Um, The sound mixing, like you were saying, was a little odd um, in, like, that one part where it drops out completely. And then I just felt like the balance was a little off with vocals, dialogue, all of that kind of together, which I don't know if it was also related to just the volume in our theater, but I just felt even listening to the soundtrack that it just, I don't know. I, I don't think it was mixed right for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I want to mention real quickly before, because I, I guess we're kind of winding down and before I want us to go through each performance and just mm-hmm. talk about what we sure. liked and didn't like. Oh, before one we... last thing oh, on the sure. music. I thought little Simba, was doing way too much with oh, the God. singing. Okay. And <laughs> All right. it was not great. Okay. We'll get back to that in a second. But okay. Because we're going to talk about each performance. Sure. Um, but overall, I wanted to make sure I mentioned like, we all agree that there was some, a lack of emotional connection, mm-hmm. a lack of creativity, right? Because they're doing the same movie. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think there were some creative elements here and there, like with Timon and Pumbaa, they felt like the most yes. new material. Mm hmm. Uh, so that's great. But otherwise, everything else felt exactly the same. And yeah. So the one thing I want to mention, which I'm not going to go into because I'm not an expert on this. I couldn't find a source. I listened to the Blank Check podcast. So they referenced this. So listen to their show because obviously they're going to be more knowledgeable about this specific element. But the thing that they brought up was the Lion King musical which yet you haven't seen. No, but I've listened to the soundtrack okay. a bunch. Yeah. And Kyle, you haven't seen. No. I ha- I saw it on a field trip when I was younger, so I've seen it once. And um, So the- lucky. 
yeah, it was a really weird field trip because I'm like, wait, why are we doing a field trip to this? But like, that's what grade are you in? I feel like seventh grade. I don't wow. know. I don't. Yeah, but in California, they were doing it in L.A. when we lived in L.A. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but anyway, so Julie Taymor directed The Lion King on Broadway, and she won. Uh, first off, that Broadway performance has won several awards, but she also won for Best Direction of a Musical, and so. Um, on Blank Check, they uh, reference because uh, Griffin Newman's an actor who gets invited to like Hollywood events and stuff. So I guess he overheard or something, whatever, that Julie Taymor was really fighting to get an interview to direct this movie, mm-hmm. The Lion King 2019, because she felt like, well, guys, I did the musical. Mm-hmm. Like, let me let me try to do the movie. And apparently her take was like, you can't do the photorealistic thing. It's not going to work. Like, mm. if you do the photorealistic thing, it's not going to work with the script. So her idea, I think, maybe might have been more... Um, I think also she mentioned that there has to be a human element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are not familiar with the Broadway musical, uh, if you ever look up any pictures, the way they do it, it's performed by people, obviously, and they have these, like, really interesting elaborate masks that, like, can move forward and their body movements that... Truly, maybe in picture, you're like, that's a person wearing a large lion mask. Like, what is that? <laughs> but when you're watching them perform, you forget. You're like, wow, I'm watching lions perform Lion King right now. You know, mm-hmm. like, and who knows what her exact tactic was. Again, I cannot find any other sources besides the Blink Check podcast. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. But um, I just think hearing that makes me wish, like, that would have been nice to see some creativity, some a different direction. Mm-hmm. Who knows if it would have been good? It could have been awful, but at least it would have been like you went for something, you tried something different, and you didn't just do the exact same thing. Who directed this one? John Favreau, okay. who also directed Jungle Book, who oh. has been very connected with this photorealistic thing. Mm-hmm. And it really felt like apparently Disney had no interest in anyone else directing it but John Favreau mm. and using this technology for it. Okay. So that there's that. Mm-hmm. I don't really think the direction was bad. I think it was just shot for shot and kyle you were telling me like oh well john favreau says it's not shot for shot and blah blah it was shot for shot no he didn't say it wasn't shot for shot he said there was 30 minutes of new material where Uh, apparently it's there where um they go into how the um lionesses are living under okay that that is new because that doesn't happen in the movie okay but but i think it happens in the musical because nala has her own song in the musical Mm. um but um, in the movie, we see, like, a little bit of it. But in this movie, they really showed us, like, mm. this is how they're living. This is how um, Scar's treating them. Which, fun fact, in um, the, I think in the musical and in the Lion King books, mm-hmm. Scar tries to make Nala his queen oh. instead of Sarabi. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Disney didn't do that because that's creepy. Um, cause he's an old lion and she's like a young. Sure. I guess. Li- but again, yeah. like, I feel like that would have been more interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then that's what, um, that's what, um, makes Nala like, okay, no, I need to get help. And that's why she runs away and finds Simba. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wish something like that could have been done. Like, like what you're saying, like just even changing it a bit, like, okay. Yeah. There was five minutes of that scene. I don't, I still don't know how that added to 30, but there was Whatever. also the hair going in the poop. They went <laughs> very much in detail about that. Because yeah. <laughs> like in the original... And we felt that was a good scene? 
No. Not for this movie. <laughs> okay. So this is what I'm saying. I like I'm, I'm hearing... just saying the material's there. I didn't say it was good. Okay. I'm hearing you both say that the movie is good though. Hey, I said okay. Okay. Whatever. So this is why I, I just want to make Sorry sure Sorry to throw you under the bus. <laughs> you better explain yourself. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm glad I saw it. Like Okay, good. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make it seem like I think it's bad, therefore it's bad. I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's not just my voice being heard. Because mm-hmm. overall, I feel like you guys are agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I well, want to make sure. I, well, that's you're why not... I admitted that, like, you know, there's issues with the movie. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I enjoyed Your experience, it. you still enjoyed it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. You're not letting us talk about Timon and Pumbaa. Okay, so, so let's let's <laughs> get into the performances. Is, is there anything else we want to talk about before we talk about the individual performances? I think we're good. Yeah. If anything comes to mind, go okay. ahead and say it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's start with the hyenas since mm-hmm. Kyle brought that up earlier. So real quickly, let's see. The hyenas in the 94 version were Shenzi, Bonze, and Ed. They renamed two of them. Um, it's Shenzi, Kamari, and Azizi now. Um, and they are played by Florence Kasumba, who is the lead hyena. And I... Okay, so let me mention all of them, and then we can talk about their individual performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan-Michael Key, who, play, who played Kamari, and Eric Andre, who played Azizi. What did we think about their performances, Kyle? I thought that the lead hyena didn't like that much. I thought mm-hmm. that Keegan-Michael Key was doing okay, but I felt the guy he was playing off of was not giving him anything. Eric Andre? I guess so. Okay. Um, so I really thought their banter together was not that enjoyable, especially considering I thought the hyenas in the original were really great and it was a fun banter. So I was really disappointed with that part of it. I should mention the hyenas in the original were played by Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech Marin, and Jim Cummings. Um, yeah, what did you think about the hyenas? Um, they weren't my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I... I actually really enjoyed Shenzi's character. I just thought she was cool, and yeah. I love the actress's voice. I think she did. Yeah, so this is what I'm going to mm-hmm. say. I earlier mentioned like the diversity in the cast. Mm-hmm. I almost wish it was an all-African cast, mm-hmm. because I know, obviously, they, pl- they picked black Americans for a lot of the roles, but mm-hmm. hearing uh, Florence Kamuzi- or sorry, Kazumba uh, play Shenzi, mm-hmm. I really liked that. Yeah. Do I think she had a lot to do? No, mm-hmm. but but when she was talking, I was like, "Ooh, I like her voice," you mm-hmm. know. Um, overall, though, yeah, I Kyle, I think you're very biased because you like Key and Peel, so you don't want to say anything bad about Keegan Michael Key. I did not enjoy Keegan Michael Key and Aaron. Uh, yeah, I think they characters. both were bad. They weren't funny. They it was like, oh, that's a joke, but then they somehow the, their timing always made yeah. it not funny. Well, that's why I'm saying I think that Keegan Michael Key did an okay job, but then the timing with the other guy threw it off, and it was not good. And mm-hmm. you guys are like, Psh. yeah, you can't <laughs> see it, but we are glaring at Kyle and being like, absolutely <laughs> wrong. Um, anyway, I think they both. Were I agree bad. that it wasn't good. Yeah, I think they both were bad. So okay, so the hyenas, I guess, weren't our favorite parts. However, I really liked Florence Kazumba, and I just liked her voice. I liked hearing an African-sounding voice in this mm-hmm. movie. All 
All right. So now let's talk about Timon and Pumbaa because that's what we've been kind of delaying this Yay. whole thing about. Uh, earlier, I think we mentioned they are probably the best part. For me, as much as I'm saying I don't necessarily think this was a good movie, I feel like every moment there on screen was great mm-hmm. together. So Timon is played by Billy Eichner. Pumbaa is played by Seth Rogen. Originally, it was played by Nathan Lane and Ernie Sambella. Cimbe- um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, and I was shocked with Billy Eichner because at one point he has to sing Mm-hmm. And he has a really good singing voice, which I didn't know he could <laughs> sing. So that was shocking. Um, and he was funny throughout. Mm-hmm. It, it almost felt like, oh, are they ad-libbing? Or maybe they just did all the new material just for them. But that makes me highlight, like, why can't we make Donald Glover funny, too? Like, yeah. Donald Glover is naturally funny. Mm-hmm. So why can't we make Simba this time funnier? Mm-hmm. Right? But anyway, let's we'll get to that when we get there mm-hmm. but uh yeah what did you think about timon and pumbaa stars of the show yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> truly yeah um no they were great almost all of their jokes were funny yeah and <laughs> yeah like i think that was when i saw you laugh the most was or when... only yeah <laughs> the oh. only time you saw oh. me laugh oh okay yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i laughed at the awkwardness of the dung beetle Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that is a moment I laughed, but, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, no. So, they did a really good job. I was pleasantly surprised. Kyle? I thought they were absolutely hilarious. Um, Mm -hmm. I cracked up out loud tons of times. Um, Really creative. Um, I thought the chemistry between them was great, but Billy Eichner, like, really drove that. Um, And, yeah, he was a great singer, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not even usually that big a fan of his. I was going to say, Billy Eichner, for me, I love the idea of Billy Eichner. Like, I love (laughs) that he, like, Billy on the street, I, like, like the idea of the show. I like that he's so into pop culture and, like, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But then sometimes his execution as an actor, like, when he was on Parks and Rec, I did not love that, Mm -hmm. you know? But I do like him sometimes. So I was kind of like, uh, I love Seth Rogen. So obviously he's going to be the star. And it's like, no, Billy, I, this makes me really like him and makes me want to see him do other things. Yeah. And I hope that maybe he continues to get parts like this or maybe even bigger roles. In like, div- like Lion King one and a half. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> he stars action. in that movie. Yeah. Absolutely what yeah. we need right now. Yeah. No, but he, I, I totally agree. I think he was the best. I think Seth Rogen was amazing. Um, they make Seth Rogen sing. He cannot, but it works for Pumbaa. So like, you know, like I I thought it was really good. Yeah. They Um, played off each other really well. mm -hmm. I saw that they did ad lib like tons of stuff. They actually recorded together and even with Donald Glover. Okay. Um, and, uh, they were like, oh, John Favreau, you know, he's a good comedy director, so he just picked the best stuff, and we were really happy he picked the best stuff, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, John Favreau, great comedy director. Make it all funny. Yeah. Not just Simone and Pumbaa. Make or Mufasa make... not die. He just does something <laughs> yeah. funny. Here's the thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but or make Donald, like, anyway, okay, let, let me get into Keep this going. so we can end uh, after this. Mm-hmm. Um, Rafiki is played by John Canny, who played... Uh, T'Chaka and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I think he's also a very mm-hmm. famous like playwright. I believe he's South African. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so his performance, I felt like, okay. T- I, I feel like he didn't have much to do. T'Chaka was his dad, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, for me, I, I don't really have much to say about this, except he was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? Pretty much, yeah. They didn't give him a lot um, to do. I 
I know they made him very mellow, and you know it was like cool to see Rafiki be mellow, but I did miss that whole like wild, silly, you know, like rambunctious animated Rafiki. Yeah, and I will say again, he is, I believe, South African. I liked hearing his voice, mm-hmm. but it was yeah just when very... he was speaking in like his native tongue, that was really interesting. But it was just so limited that I have I can't really say much about and it. And it was very low. Too. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah mixing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I it's weird because so much of it was shot for shot and the same lines, but I I don't know exactly because I'd have to go back and watch the other one, but it felt like it was missing a lot of Rafiki. Um hmm. and not just like the animatedness, but just what he did and how prominent he was and what I feel he like said. Rafiki is in the end, in the animated version, like fighting with everyone. Yeah, yeah. that's but in why this in version, this movie, when he pulls out that stick, I was like, oh, it's about to go down. And he was still pretty calm with it. But did he <laughs> like, even fight at the end? He did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just he didn't remember He pulled out the him. stick and saved them. Okay, mm-hmm. I just didn't remember. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was just very brief, not, mm-hmm. it, and it just didn't carry the same weight because you didn't get connected to him. Like yeah. Yeah. when he took uh, Simba to uh, the water and stuff, I thought that was great, but... In the original, I feel like there was more buildup about him where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's Rafiki. He's going to take him. But like this time, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, so something was missing there. And it wasn't his performance. I think it was the writing or I think it, something yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought um, he was good, though. And I did like, uh, you know, the mixture of him speaking English in his own tongue. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, uh, yeah, something was missing there. Zazu, uh, originally played by Rowan Atkins, in this version played by John Oliver. I thought he was fine. Yeah. He, he, he I think, is supposed to provide the humor at the beginning of the film before Timon and Pumbaa come. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily find him to be that funny, but he was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what did you think? Um, I thought he was funny. Obviously not as funny as Timon and Pumbaa, but um, mm-hmm. even Zazu in the original isn't super funny, at least sure. to me. But, um yeah, no, I like the joke about how he said, like, oh, I have a cousin who thought he was a woodpucker and yeah. he was just always concussed. Like, I thought that was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he said it, like, a second time later on. Too. Yeah, <laughs> while the hyenas were ch- chasing him, like, did yeah. I tell you about my cousin? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, no, not a lot to do for the side characters. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, similarly. I, I thought I thought he was funny. I really like John Oliver, um, but I don't think he had enough to get the funny parts in there because he had certain lines he had to hit. So he only got a few parts where he could like throw in a little ad lib or a good joke. And I thought they basically landed and were funny. Um, but overall, his performance I thought was very good. I thought he played the character really well. Okay. Um, I'm going to just group these two together because I feel like they literally have one line each. Zorambi and Zurafina, who are Simba's mom and Nala's mom, played by Alfre Woodard and Penny Johnson Gerald. I mean, truly, they had like nothing to do. Like, so I, good job. I, yeah, so <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah, so it was like, it, like I, I can't even really critique that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have anything specific to say about them? No. Kyle? No. Okay. I think they did good. Mufasa, played by James Old Jones. And I argue that they just did the same. Audio, like I argue that they just no. pulled they that from the nine. Not the, they got the ninety-four the version audio. and pulled the same thing. No, 
Um, but I thought he was good. I think that um, it's James Earl Jones. Like, yeah, it was great. The yeah. thing that I found disappointing to speak about the effects was that scene where Simba looks at his reflection. He sees Mufasa. They look so similar that it, you almost don't notice the difference, but whatever. Uh, that you can tell. I did notice that. He one. has a bigger mane. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can tell from that. But. And he looks older. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then Simba looks into the clouds and mm-hmm. sees, in the animated version, a cloud shaped like Mufasa talking to him, mm-hmm. right? In this version, we get clouds and a lightning bolt that almost looks like an outline of a lion, but it happens too quick, so I don't even know. It happens and that, multiple times, though. It happens multiple times, but it doesn't look the same every time. Eh. And that's talking to him. And for me, I was kind of like, just be a lion. <laughs> I've seen I've seen clouds shaped like things. I could believe <laughs> I could believe that this there's a cloud shaped like a lion in real life. Why can't we just do that? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like literal, but it could be kind of like the shape of a lion. Mm-hmm. Like kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, uh Mufasa. Uh so yeah, you were you feel that I'm wrong about the '94 audio being used, but yeah. did you like his performance? Oh yes, definitely. Okay, great. And then Kyle. Yeah, I. Uh, it definitely wasn't the same audio. He redid it. I could hear the voice was very different, mm-hmm. although it was the same person. Yes. Um. And yeah, I thought it was great. Shadi's um, making a crazy face. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they used some of the same audio. I, I actually liked his voice in the original better. Um. Mm-hmm. I felt like this one. It may come down to the mixing still, though, where I felt like it didn't blend and carry the same weight as the original exactly. I can agree to that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like something about the EQ or something where it's just like a little more tinny. Okay. Um, but I don't know what he just said. But yeah, I was just <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it, it just wasn't quite as good, but he, uh-huh. he did a great job. He did the same thing, and he was good. All right, Scar, played by Chiwetel Ej- or Ejiofor. Originally, it was played by uh, Jeremy Irons, and the singing actually was done by Jeremy Irons and Jim Cummings in the original version. Apparently, Do you in know the why? yeah, apparently <laughs> um, Jer- Jeremy Irons was in the middle of singing and blew out his voice, and so Jim Cummings had to recreate like imitate his singing voice and Mm -hmm. sing the rest of the thing that that was i did not know that um yeah i found that out like when i was in my lion king craze and just mm -hmm. looking up like any information i could possibly find but i thought that was really cool because like if they never released that i would not have known that oh yeah those were two different yeah i would have never known it was two different people mixed together Mm -hmm. and then i guess jim cummings has made a living off of like impressions and singing or he's like, really talented so yeah. like he's obviously able to like recreate different voices um but in this one uh it's chuatel Ejiofor, and he does his singing moment mm-hmm. which is more of talking mm-hmm. and not really singing but still <laughs> i think and he not was, rapping talking well, well yeah no just talking yeah. yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what the rapping part. Well, was rapping because I'm saying like if it we're talking in a song like oh. rapping, then no, it'd no, be no, musical. Oh, still. Okay, I was like, where was there <laughs> rapping? I got so concerned. <laughs> no, he does more of like a spoken word. Yeah, version yeah, exactly. of be prepared. Mm-hmm. I think I think Scar has been a hit or miss thing for a lot of people. I've heard mm-hmm. some people say they did not like this performance. They didn't like how he was depicted. I actually felt like it worked. Um, he basically was like a dusty looking lion. <laughs> like, that's what he looked like in this version versus the animated version where he's like red. 
with like yeah. a black mane. Like you were able to really tell him apart. He has green eyes. <laughs> in this version, he does look noticeably weaker as well, mm-hmm. which I think helped play into like, oh, he knows he's like, I guess smaller. He can't be the person he wants to be if Mufasa is around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like the animation in this or the CGI effects worked great with this because lions are inherently scary and Scar is supposed to be scary. So like, even though he wasn't able to emote, a lot of his emotions are supposed to be like menacing. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it worked. Mm -hmm. Granted, I still like the Scar in the animated version because he's more theatrical. Mm -hmm. He's definitely playing up this like, I'm evil and let me like, it's, it's more fun. This is more grounded, but I feel like Chiwetel Ejiofor knew what he was getting into, and I feel like he did a good job for that, with that performance. What did you guys think about him? I thought it was great. Um, I remember when they released the images of what Scar was going to look like. So many people complained, and I was yeah. like, I think it's cool. You know, he is, like, because in, like, a lion pride, if there is, like, another lion, he's usually, like, smaller than the... Um, leader, yeah, yeah, than the main lion, and um, yeah, no. One thing I never understood about Scar, and I understand it's because he's evil and he wants all the power, but like, your brother's the king, you could be living lavish too, and you're raggedy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if they ever developed the story, like in the 94 version, they would have shown him wanting to do more. Mm-hmm. Like, they never really showed what he wanted to do with the power, mm-hmm. they just showed that he wanted power. Mm-hmm. If he was like, I want to control everything and I want to have all everyone's attention and be mm-hmm. like, they had shown that, but they didn't mm-hmm. really well i mean he he did it right he was like oh when i get the power and what he did was have the hyena hyenas rule and just kick everybody out and just like kill everything and just eat so that he can just eat and be yeah the king and that's true yeah. it just seems like there's a definite like failure in his plan because yeah even if he wasn't kicked out he would have starved because nothing else was there by the end you know mm-hmm. like it's just a little bit like if you really think about it, you don't have to dissect well, it. Well, he wasn't but... a good king. Well, he didn't duh. know about the yes. circle of life. I'm saying as a villain. <laughs> he's not a good villain. He doesn't have an evil plan that makes any sense. That's, that's my thing. Eh. Beyond, I want to eat everything. <laughs> I mean, that's an evil plan right there. Um, the other thing that I noticed was that when he was eating something, they showed a little bit of blood mm-hmm. around his mouth. And I was like, ooh, are we going to get like gruesome? And no, they didn't. <laughs> they showed just like a tiny bit of blood when he was eating something, telling Simba's mom to eat, join him or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was PG, I guess, right? Yes, this was yeah. PG. Um, okay, so the last two performances we're going to talk about are Simba. So, in hey, the night- what about me? Oh, I'm sorry, Scar. I thought I thought what yeah. you were just saying was part of it. <laughs> I thought you were like, what about me as a character? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. I should have been in it. No, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was great. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it? Okay. No, no, I, okay. I, think he, I think he did a great job. I think... Um, one of the best performances, I'd, I'd say it's like him, um, Timon and Pumbaa, and John Oliver's, uh, I think, were the best. Yeah, I think I think Chiwetel Ejiofor knew what he was doing. I mm-hmm. feel like he was yeah. like, okay, you were making this really grounded. Okay, I got it. And he knew exactly how to play it. Yeah, I think he played it very well. Yeah. All right, so the last two characters we're going to talk about are Simba and Nala. I'm going to end with Nala because it's Beyonce. So let's just go with Simba. <laughs> so Simba, the original version was uh, the cub was played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. But then there was another singer uh, who was Jason Weaver. 
And then the adult version was Matthew Broderick, but the singer was, I guess, um, Joseph Williams, who is the lead singer of Toto. Or, oh. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and then in this version, it was the cub was played by J.D. McCrary, who also sang. And then the adult version was Donald Glover, who also sang his part. Mm -hmm. So I will say overall with the performances, I think it is obviously an improvement as well because they got people who could do the voiceover acting and the singing. Mm -hmm. I will say with J.D. McCrary, I think his performance, for me, I, I think this is where we might differ, I didn't mind his acting performance. Mm -hmm. His singing, I also didn't really notice anything wrong with it. But the thing that I found hard was that he has to be vulnerable and cry and whine and it does not work with the lion where he's just looking at you mm -hmm. that that's where i feel like the performance his performance was hurt by the animation style um and donald glover again what i've been kind of saying this whole time why didn't they give him more to do mm -hmm. okay yes in the movie he doesn't have much to do right give him more to do you have donald glover make him like funnier Make the character maybe more cocky and like whatever. Just take a, take a route and go that direction so Donald Glover can act more. Because I feel like he essentially had nothing to do. Yeah, totally like, agree. Tr just read a few lines. It was just like, eh, okay, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, yeah, what did you think? Um, I thought, what's his name? J.D. J.D. McCrary. McCrary. I thought he did a really good job. I thought yeah. he, like his voice sounded cute. He sounded like a little lion cub. And yeah, no, I think he did a really good job. I thought his singing was great. I know, Kyle, you felt like he oversang, but yeah. I feel like, because Simba was kind of like a cocky, like, little kid, mm -hmm. so I feel like JD was trying to, like, show that, I, like, this is Simba, he's singing, he thinks he's all I, that. I completely agree, and I yeah. think the animation, they did not show that. I feel like they are just yeah. like, oh, this is a Lion Cub. Be it's like, no, make him look cocky, make him yeah, look arrogant. because in the animated Lion King, Simba's arrogant and cocky, and he yeah. See that in his expressions, the way he like acts, the walks, things like that. Um, I think yeah, they no. did show that a little bit, like when they went to the graveyard and like his movements and what he did. That oh, yeah, his when he's like kind of trotting yeah. over the bones. I yeah. guess he could have done more, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. And then uh, with Donald Glover, I thought he did a good job. I'm not sure where this he didn't have much to do because he's oh. the main character. But he's, he's the main character, but I feel like he. When he's adult, mm -hmm. he basically is just like, oh, I thought the stars were our parents looking down at us or whatever, what, mm -hmm. whatever that line is. Mm -hmm. And then he's overshadowed by Timon and Puma just being like, <laughs> you thought or whatever. Or like, mm -hmm. oh, the circle of life, isn't that whatever? And then Timon and Puma are like, it's not a circle, it's a line. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, I feel like every opportunity that he may have had was just overshadowed, mm -hmm. which meant that he just, they didn't play up his character enough. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. What did you think, Kyle, about the performance? Um, as we mentioned, I thought the singing of the young Simba was just over the top in ways that just took away from the song, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, I get what you're saying with the cockiness and maybe that being part of the song. Are you saying you felt that way when he was saying, I just can't wait to be king? Um, yeah. Which is a cocky like song. That. Yes. Okay. But I mean, you could still sing it well and not he does sing do... it well yeah he sung it well but i think the choices he made and the runs he did and stuff just took away from it and mm. we're kind of like underneath other instruments where you couldn't quite hear it but it was like what what the heck just happened like okay i was analyzing it a lot i guess kind of okay in, when i was listening to it but anyway yeah i just didn't love the choices there 
Um, otherwise, uh, I thought he did a good job. Um, and Donald Glover did a fine job. I similarly think, you know, there wasn't much to do there as far as, you know, different kind of acting or anything. He was kind of just the same. And, you know, I feel like it could have been anybody, really. Yeah, that's the other thing. Why get Donald Glover if you're just going to make him be, like, basic? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, it definitely, it was very basic, I'd say that. Yeah. Mm. I All liked right. his singing, though. Yeah, his, yeah, his singing, singing was, was great. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just wish he had more to do. Yeah. All right. We're ending our segment by our review of Nala. So we're almost done. <laughs> Nala was originally played by Nikita Kamkalami. And it was, oh, that was the cub version. And the cub singer was Laura Williams. The adult was Maura Kelly. And the adult singer was Sally Dworsky. In this version, the cub is played by Shahidi Wright-Joseph, who we just saw in Us earlier mm-hmm. this year. She also played Nala on Broadway. Um, and then the adult version was also obviously Beyonce. So, like, okay, so to speak. Who, who sung, though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they brought in this other singer. That would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, like, we, like want... we just want you to say a couple lines. Blue Ivy. Do not sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the cub, Shahidi, right, Joseph, I thought she did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Again, her part is very tiny as well. So that's really cool that she played it, the same role on Broadway. I mm-hmm. think that's nice. Um, Beyonce. Okay, so first off, I like Beyonce. I think she's one of the best performers who's alive right now. Like, Mm -hmm. she's an amazing singer, an amazing presence. Mm -hmm. I think it's well known that she's not a good actor. Mm -hmm. She's also not a good voiceover actor. I think in this movie, she is doing it, but it's, for me, I think overall it was fine until certain parts where it's like, uh Mm uh-oh. And then... There is a part that I wish they played in more, which they I know they're not going to do, where she's like, lions, let's go. Or she says something. Let's get information. Well, <laughs> and it, it basically sounds like Beyonce saying, ladies. Like it, it, it's, And I, I have to only assume they knew that when they did that. Mm-hmm. I wish they did more of that. Mm-hmm. I wish Nala was like, like, I don't know, like Sasha Fierce and was just like <laughs> super like, okay, I'm, I'm not like I would I wish they did that because I feel like it would have helped with the performance more mm-hmm. and would have given her more to do mm-hmm. versus like in this movie I think she's just like fine I don't think she's good or bad and then there are some moments where I'm like oh that wasn't the greatest reading and overall her singing voice like duh she's an amazing singer so mm-hmm. it was great um but I wish they would have helped her out. Overall, if you haven't noticed, my main thing is I feel like no one helped these performers. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were just like, just do it. Whatever. <laughs> we're not going to change the script. Here you go. And no one really rose to doing anything different except for Timon and Pumbaa. And I would argue also Chiwetel Ejiofor as Scar. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Beyonce, she needed help and they didn't help her. Mm-hmm. And so I just think she was fine. I think mm-hmm. her singing voice was great. But I wish they would have played up the fact that it was Beyonce. That mm-hmm. that would have benefited the performance. Yeah. What did you think? Um, I think she did a good job. Like, Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. She well, meaning. Beyonce. Well, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about Shahidi Wright. Oh, Joseph. oops. Yeah. She. she. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Shahidi Wright Joseph. I thought she did a really good job. Um, I loved her performance in Us. I think she's a really talented young. Yeah, actress. I'm looking forward to see her in other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she's doing some more stuff i can't remember i follow her on instagram okay <laughs> but okay. yeah no i think she's really cool and then um yeah like 
like you said, baby Nala doesn't have a whole lot to do. Um, but I thought she was cute when she was singing along with Simba. I just can't wait to be king. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought she did a good job. The only other voice work I know that she's done was a movie called Epic, I think. I haven't like, seen that. Like, I think that was back in 2010. Okay. I think I think I was still in high school around this time, and people were saying that she did not do a good job. Okay. So um, I was like, okay, maybe she's improving. She's done so many other, you know, like um, performances since then. Sure. Like yeah. I'm sure like it'll be fine. And I thought she did fine. Um, I'm not saying this just because of her experience, like with voice acting. There were some moments where I was like, okay, that sounded a little bit too much. Like, she's kind of overacting, I think. Um, But I think it's also a part of my critique with, I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the dialogue, like, script-wise with this movie. So maybe um, that's that, too. But no, and I think that this version of Can You Feel the Love Tonight is, like, my favorite version. I love... Oh, okay. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. love Beyonce and Donald Glover um, singing together. Okay. yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think maybe if they had changed the script here and there, it would have benefited mm-hmm. everyone, including Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And I think, in in my rewrite, Nala would have been more like Sasha Fierce. And <laughs> then I think Beyonce would have been able to do that. Um, Kyle, what do you think about, uh, I guess, uh, the cub, Nala. Shahidi, yeah. right, Joseph, and Beyonce? Um, I thought Shahidi did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she played it very well. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot that she was uh, in, but the parts that she was in, I thought she did a great job and yeah. singing as well. Um, Beyonce, again, I also think that she's a great performer. <laughs> um, and her singing in it was great. Um, again, the mixing, I think, was not great. Mm. But um, her voice acting, I liked her as an actress in... Austin Powers gold member. Okay. I think um, might have been the only one. Okay. Maybe. But so <laughs> yeah. I'm saying like I liked her acting. Um uh-huh. however, I don't think she can do voice acting. I think the acting that's good is when you see her and her mm. facial expressions and her acting. Just her voice is just not much. And I think that's what it was here. It was just like, yeah, okay. And like, eh. Yeah. So it wasn't great, I thought. Yeah, I I can see that too. Yeah, what did you want to say? I will say. Uh oh, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I would have been happy with any actress playing Nala. Nala. Oh, okay. Adult Nala. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not yeah. a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like they could have the first name that comes to mind. They could have had Lupita Nyong'o. Or I mean, yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. But I think also Lupita is a, I think, first off, she went to school for acting. So mm-hmm. she's a trained actor, and she's obviously a, an amazing actor, mm-hmm. right? And I, she yeah. did, like, uh, Star Wars, where you don't see her. Oh, yeah, that's so. true, oh, which yeah. is voiceover. So she has the experience. Yeah. yeah. I think they wanted the name Beyonce. Yeah, I totally think that, connected too. To and it. for the mm-hmm. singing, too. For the singing. I was going to say, yeah. For the fact that she's also releasing this other album, mm-hmm. like, the music element, yeah. I think. And I love key. that album. It's so good. I I've only you... listened to a few of it, but I I, I think been, some of the songs are really good. It's been on repeat since the night <laughs> it dropped. Oh, no, I haven't listened to the full thing. Oh, okay. It's really a marketing ploy. That's what it feels like. 
Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be mean to her and say like, oh, she's a bad voiceover actor. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they could have done some stuff to help her out. But yeah, that's how I feel sure. about almost every performer in this movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are now done going through the performance list. We've <laughs> talked about everything. My overall, like talking to both of you two, I definitely could understand some of the positive like feelings that you get from it, especially you get the nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. um, from the 94 version. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I really hope that when they start to do these movies, if they are going to continue doing um, something like this, that's like all animals that are photorealistic. I hope that they take some liberties to change the script in the future and not be afraid to be more creative. Because I think in this movie, for me, the reason why I think it's bad is because it lacked any creativity and emotion. And yeah. it just, just didn't work for me, but that's just me yet. Do you want to say one more thing before we end our segment? You loved it. Do I like this movie? I think. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to make you not like the movie. I know, but yeah. like I'm think I've been thinking about it, and I've been thinking about all my critiques, and it's like I already have a hard time like describing how I feel about things. So sure. now, like deciding on if I like something that's not like necessarily super easy for me is that's why I want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. Because. Um, I definitely admit that I was, I feel like I was watching it through a nostalgia filter the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, I still have my critiques. Um, but I don't know. I feel really weird about it. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that's fair because I feel like there's a lot of like good and bad. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to nail yeah. down your ultimate feeling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about, it doesn't mean you don't like the original or something. Oh, yeah. Like you the can love the original, but the new one's like, sure. eh, you know. Yeah. 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 I think it's also maybe like I was so excited about this movie after yeah. my like initial fear mm-hmm. of it being made. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it just wasn't what I was expecting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyle? Uh, final thoughts are basically the same as it's been, I think. I think it was okay. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, you know, Timon and Pumbaa were great, so I would watch it just to hear all the jokes from them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I thought the visuals and the realism were really cool and interesting from a technological perspective, as well as, um, you know, visually in the movie for the emotion, of course, not. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was okay. I'd be interested to see it again to just see how I'd react a second time, hmm, not okay. coming at it of like, hmm, let me see what's going on here. Just mm-hmm. like go and see it as like a movie. Sure. Um, I'm good not seeing it again. I'll watch the Timon <laughs> yeah. and Puma clips on YouTube. I'm fine. Um, but yeah, I would like to have a playlist of those. Yeah, that. I'll just do that. Like I, I don't need to see this movie again. So runtime appropriate for this movie, I would say no. It wasn't runtime <laughs> appropriate because it's an hour and four, 58 minutes and the original is an hour and 28 minutes. And I feel like the added stuff wasn't, crucial nor did i notice it and even like an added scene like seeing what nala's experiencing when simba's gone is a scene that lasts three minutes so again i still don't understand why we have 30 extra minutes you know what i mean simone and pumba did have a lot of extra oh did they have a lot okay well then in that case then i think it's that's good (laughs) yeah because they needed that they like yeah uh, you know runtime appropriate i think also is mostly about like did it drag I think it was hard to watch lions be emotional and for me to have no emotional connection to them for almost two hours, Mm. you know, like that. So for me, it felt a little like I wish this was shorter because it's like I'm not connecting with anything. So it's just going and going and going and I have no connection with them. 
So that that's my answer. Yeah, did okay. you feel like it ran long or dragged in any way? Um, no, not really. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think it's just because I was like taking it all in and yeah, yeah. But no, I felt like it was runtime appropriate. And Kyle? Yeah, I also felt it was runtime appropriate. I didn't think it was. It didn't feel too long or anything. The extra stuff, I agree, probably not very necessary except for Timon and Pumbaa, but. <laughs> Uh, it didn't feel like it dragged or was long. It felt mm. a little empty at times, but yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, my star rating for this, I think, would be unfortunately like a two or a two and a half out of five. I actually like. I'm going to two because two and a half. I feel like is right down the middle. It's just like a meh. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. This I'm. I am ultimately saying I don't think this movie is good, mm-hmm. and no. I, I don't. I know two seems very harsh, but. I just, it's hard for me to really talk about this film in any positive way beyond Timon and Pumbaa, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I and I think there's more to the movie than that. So that, what would you rate it out of five stars? Um, I'd say three and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Kyle? And I'd say three. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. You were so happy you were in the middle. Yeah, I, like, yeah. hey. I mean, it's not technically exactly in the middle, but yeah. pretty close. <laughs> All right. So if you saw this movie, please let us know what you thought and let's go on to our next topic. Okay, so we're about to go into our segment where we review the Cats trailer. We've never actually really reviewed trailers on our podcast. Um, For this segment, it's going to be myself, Kristen, and Will from So I'm Watching the Show. Kyle was not available at the time when we wanted to record our reaction to the trailer. So before we get into the segment, very quickly, Kyle, what was your impression of the trailer? I hated the musical when I first saw it. It was the first one I saw on Broadway. And it was terrible. And this one didn't even have those songs in the trailer, which was good because they are unfortunately catchy and crappy, in my opinion. Okay. Um, okay. And the, the trailer made you feel? The trailer made me feel like, yeah, what the heck is this? This is, like, maybe worse. Okay. And yeah. uh, it just looked, it's like, it looked like it was just the people, but then the movements were really weird looking and so So are you digital. saying the digital fur didn't sell you? I mean, I didn't even notice digital fur. I just noticed that it's like their face, but then digitally uh, altered and their mouth moves all weird. And I'm like, why not just have their regular face and just put a costume on? So it didn't make any sense. Sounds like you're like majority of people who felt like, yeah, and I feel the same way. But uh, let's get into our segment with Kristen and Will. And also uh, this segment will be shared on their podcast as well. So if you're not familiar with So I'm Watching the Show, Highly recommend that you uh, check them out. I'll put all their information in the show notes and hope you enjoy our reaction to the trailer. So the the <laughs> little bit of necessary background information is that Kristen and I were on your show, Offscreen Babble, in the spring to talk about Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yes. And because of the involvement of cats in one of the episodes, we went on this weird little tirade about cats, the four of us. And... I found it to be very funny, very entertaining and interesting. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I was like, what if we just make cats? Like, what if we commit, like, go whole hog for cats? And we make it like a segment. <laughs> we cover all of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Every like, moment. Yeah, like every so, press release that they do. <laughs> so here we are. 
and unfortunately we weren't able to time this exactly how we wanted to i i originally wanted to get like our authentic reactions to the trailer but unfortunately that didn't work out so Shade and i have already seen it but Kristen has mm, right. not i also i think out of all of us i know the least about cats Okay. <laughs> uh, I would like to oh, fight you, you on that one because okay. I think I okay, know okay. the least All about right, cats. Fair. I'm not. I'm not like gunning for that title, so that's fine. We can share it. Okay. <laughs> I guess the only thing that I'll say before we actually watch the trailer and discuss it is that when they announced this project, do you remember when it was shot? It was like last year. Oh gosh, when they like made the official announcement, I I feel like it was 2017 because we recorded the Kimmy Schmidt thing earlier yeah. this year, mm-hmm. right? So maybe it was 2018, like I think early was, 2018. Yeah, I think it was summer. Yeah, yeah, and and it was like very jarring. And they they announced they're doing it, and they announced like part of the cast. yeah because <laughs> it was very bafflingly like they were announcing like Idris Elba and Taylor Swift together. Yes, and I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. And it was very jarring because, I mean, like, for me, I don't know much about Cats. I never thought it was something people were clamoring to see on the big screen either. (laughs) Well, it was just, like, shocking. It was a record-breaking musical like for a yes. long time it it, it it held the record for like running the longest time on broadway like years this thing was on broadway and it was considering how weird it is it had this reputation for being accessible like it was kind of like the nutcracker of you know how nutcracker is to ballet or grease is to movie musicals it, like sure. and I, that that reputation <laughs> always baffled me because what i recall of cats i found it incomprehensible and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just was like when they announced it i was like this is going to be a disaster from head to toe a disaster yeah and the more that i thought about it and the more that it settled for me i was like they have to know that they had to know going in that this was insanity so Mm -hmm. i came to some conclusion around about when we were recording the kimmy schmidt bit where i was like I feel like this can only be good. You wouldn't do something this insane <laughs> if you didn't have a plan or didn't have the follow through. You know what I mean? I don't so, have that level of faith. I'm yeah, standing I, by I my guns. I hear the words you're uh-huh. saying and <laughs> and like I I'm able to understand what they mean. However, I just feel like Hollywood is like, especially now with like theatrical releases, it's all about like, what's the biggest move we can make to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not really like, what's the biggest move we can make creatively or like artistically. Like it's all about like profit. And I really feel like, and I, I obviously I can be wrong, but I really feel like they're like, Oh yeah, cats that made tons of money on Broadway. Let's just put on the big screen. Without mm-hmm. really thinking about the logic of like, well, actually, like, you know, people loved it, but also a lot of people were really confused by it. I like if someone paid me like I know a lot about like random things I haven't seen. If someone paid me a million dollars today to tell you what the plot of Cats, I would <laughs> fail immediately because I, I have no idea what it's about. From what I remember, there isn't really one. I think it's it's I was I was young when I saw it, mm-hmm. but I think it's a series of vignettes. Like, it's just Hmm. sort of a collection of characters and scenes. 
And I remember there being a great deal of like make believe in it. And I remember it going to these really weird, intense levels because the song Memory, and again, I'm going on Memory, but <laughs> the song Memory is about Grizabella, the cat, dying and going into her ninth life. Oh, that's bananas. And so it's what? like, I mean, you, they are reaching for the stars with this. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead. Let's let Kristen watch it. Okay. okay. I'm okay. going to pull it up too. So the only thing, okay, I'll say before we go, the only thing I've seen so far is some f of the faces. It, it was impossible. Yeah, I like, tried so hard not to see it. And I kept, <laughs> I kept seeing so many screens. And I have a question for you guys when we finally get to talking again. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I've only seen some of the faces. I don't know anything else what i'm mm. getting into so are you ready i am ready all right one two three go <laughs> oh my god i literally can't It's so unsettling. Why do they have human bodies still? <laughs> oh, God. There's so many. That, that white one is not... Who is that? She's new. Oh, okay. She's gorgeous. Why are they doing ballet? Jason Derulo. <laughs> Why is Jennifer Hudson the most terrifying one? a fur coat <laughs> I don't feel good about this <laughs> oh good the choreographer of Hamilton perfect that's what this needs Jesus Christ. I literally have no, I, I still, I don't know what it's about. I don't know <laughs> what I like, literally, I don't have words. It's so fucking weird. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Shade, go ahead. Okay. So first off, Kristen, I'm so happy to hear your reaction because <laughs> it was like hearing myself. Because, like, when you said so many cats, or why are there so many, 
that is there's like a pile of feral cats at the beginning why are there so it's like odd because we know what we're going into it's gonna be cats right but it's something upsetting about the number in that one scene where it's like oh there's too many now now i'm (laughs) now i'm overwhelmed by this the other thing that you brought up which this is getting into sticky territory we can i can set it down we can walk right past it we don't need to dwell (laughs) on it okay jennifer hudson is the most upsetting to look at in this. Yes, why? And, and I am, I, in case anyone's listening to this and they're not aware, I'm a black woman. I saw that and I was offended. And oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know what that's going into. I'm just putting that out there. I asked my sister what she thought and she also said she was offended. So I don't because- know. There was only like the one shot of Idris Elba, but he didn't look bad. Yeah, and Jason Derulo didn't look. So it's like not. I I don't want to be like they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to make a black person a cat. Like I don't want to make make that statement. (laughs) Well, but but it's like what a weird what a weird line to like not be able to cross somehow. Like if that were what it was, it's just like we can't believably make Jennifer Hudson look like a cat, but she's the only one. Yeah, there's something about Jennifer Hudson, and I don't know if this is going to make sense. I know the the whole thing was digital fur was added to them, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something about her specifically where it looks like her face was digitally added to something that was furry, if that makes sense, instead of the other way around. Okay, I, yes. <laughs> I, I am currently choosing to believe that they're just not done. We, that, we, that could be it too. That's true. We see plenty of trailers where effects aren't finished, mm-hmm. and I do. I think Jason Derulo actually probably looked the best. It looked so much like him. Yeah. And so I, it, that shot, that that shot of her is unfortunate. I will say that. Uh, I was gonna say I think Ian McKellen <laughs> looks pretty good too. I I didn't even mind Judy Dench. Like there there's some the 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 cats wearing fur coats is also jarring, but okay. it's weird. It's all <laughs> weird. And also like why does Taylor Swift still have breasts? Okay. Like Let's human talk breasts. About it. Um her breasts and I I don't mean to objectify, but we're going there. I they mean they see- look great, but they're yeah, not a they, cat. <laughs> they seem so large for Taylor Swift, but also for a cat and like, I, so my my question about cats overall is cats supposed to is cats supposed to be sexy? A am little I, bit. Yeah, A am I supposed bit. to be like okay. ooh felines? Like, am I supposed to be like aroused <laughs> by their movements? A little bit, just, yeah. Okay, I want I want you to know that I'm going to start saying that now. <laughs> ooh felines, because that's the vibe that I feel like they're trying to do, which ultimately leads me and i mean we could talk about this later or whatever but who is this movie for mm-hmm. I, i'm just i'm that's the thing i'm so so curious about. i can answer oh, i can answer okay. that question me i am all in i am all in wow, i okay, was okay. enraptured watching this thing i don't remember the last time i was so excited for something it's so weird. It is so weird. And it yeah. is so insane. Like, I just don't, I don't believe you. I, there's no way <laughs> this movie can be good. There's no way. It's going to be so fucking weird. And, but like bad weird. No. Like Uncanny I, Valley weird. I truly believe 
that I am going to get this. I'm going to be like, yes. Okay. Every decision, <laughs> everything that happens, I'm going to see it and think, yes. I, Yikes. And I'm not doing a bit. Like, I'm not being cute. I genuinely was like, this is thrilling. Because I'm not like, ugh, this again? Like, we yeah. are constantly talking about these live-action remakes being so uninspired. And nobody makes, like, it. it and even if it doesn't work, because frankly, I don't think the Rebel Wilson part worked. The comedy looks like it doesn't quite belong. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have never in my life been or understood the furry thing but i am all in on the sexy anthropomorphized cats i just weird. like it's weird it, it's so and it is but that's what that's part of what i'm so thrilled by is that i cannot believe someone allowed this to happen like i cannot believe that we that we are going to get to go to theaters and watch this unfold. Not just one person allowed this to happen. Many people. <laughs> many people I, at uh, many executive levels <laughs> let this happen. Well, because I did see the, the reaction to this has been, you know, swift and negative. And yeah. I did see a handful of tweets. And one of them was from like a pithy gay man on Twitter. And he says, explain to me exactly what you would have done differently. Like, explain to me exactly what you were expecting. <laughs> That, like, that is that is a good point because like i will say i've seen people like what are you expecting and i've seen people pull up that image of i believe hermione from harry potter yeah where she like turns into a cat temporarily her face and like for me that's kind of the look i was expecting more cat-like and less human but i guess in the broadway performance it this is maybe very similar to what it looked like minus the digital I fur mean, they had like leg warmers, but they're wearing leotards. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah. it, they are humanoid. And I, I was anticipating it being more feline like you. Like I was anticipating this looking more like a CGI Oliver and company. Okay, mm -hmm, yes, mm -hmm. I can go with that. Or or honestly, to be quite honest, a little less photo real, but more like the Lion King. Eh, I didn't. I mean, it. it... But like, I was expecting like cats. Like that, like they're spending all of this money and they're doing all this stuff. I was expecting a literal cat. Like uh, I cat. was expecting more cat-like than human, but that yeah. might have been my mistake. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to explain to you how sincerely I actually think it looks great. Like, <laughs> oh my god, this is based on a T.S. Eliot poetry collection. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I think I knew that. And like, it's called Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. <laughs> well, I have to read it now. <laughs> I mean, truly, my knowledge of cats is only a reference from the nanny when mm -hmm. her the the guy she worked for was also a Mr. Broadway Sheffield. producer. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Sheffield, and he always hated Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber because cats was so successful, and it was like a running bit. Mm -hmm. that he was just like oh cats again that's like really the only thing i knew so like i guess for me uh, my expectations maybe maybe the movie is more for people who are familiar with the broadway performance and who want something like you're saying like this is your you're adding a creative element you can't argue that it is creative it's mm -hmm. odd you know but it's it's creative so like maybe that's it it is in the we're 
right now in the middle of like remake after remake that doesn't really feel that inspired or like different in any way right, right. so like there is an interesting like i will say even if i wasn't recording a podcast i probably would still be intrigued enough to go see this movie right mm-hmm. but i feel like i'm also intrigued because it's like watching a car crash and i believe yeah i believe that this will bomb i do i believe that it will bomb yeah. and people will write think pieces and i truly believe history will absolve it i believe that we're either we're not there yet we're still in the uncanny valley or something but i believe that in 20 years or so people will look back on this and say that was actually pretty great and we just weren't ready for it you were I making really some do. lofty claims six months ahead of the release of this movie i, I really do um, oh. <laughs> i mean it just like i very rarely take stands like this where i where i dig my heels into the sand and historically i am almost always wrong when i do that <laughs> I'm usually way more wishy-washy about things, but I, I don't remember. I mean, I kind of had butterflies watching this. Like I, and I, I want, I do want to stress that though I'm being very effusive and and positive and and how I'm talking about this, I I agree. It looks insane. Yeah, but that's part of what I'm so thrilled by. Here is the thing. I do want to say I am extremely intrigued to like witness the spectacle of this. Agree. Thing yeah. that's happening, but I I am firmly as far opposite to your <laughs> opinion as I can be. I think this is going to be terrible. I, I can't, uh, but I can't decide if it's going to be like good terrible or terrible terrible. Like it could be campy, hilarious, terrible. Mm-hmm. But I I'm wavering between that and it just being like terrible terrible and a waste of two and a half hours of my life. I don't think there's any reality where you are going to feel like you wasted part of your life <laughs> i mean you're experience. right at the very least i'll be able to watch idris elba as a cat as a villain with like what remem- looks like is- a milky eye <laughs> you will remember where you were when you <laughs> like- and i actually do want to say that it does actually significantly bum me out like uh, like it upsets me sade that e- the the jennifer uh hudson stuff that you mm. think that that was offensive i because i get it and yeah it, it's I not wish... even like i don't want to be like i'm offended to the point i can't see this movie it's more of like you know i think a lot of black women have talked recently about like you know when they go to work they have to bring their own hair and makeup because nobody on yeah. set knows how to do their stuff and like whatever like that mm-hmm. it's more of like why can't wh- why is it a problem like why is she the most upsetting person to look at there's so many cats mm-hmm. yeah. we've established that well, and also I- i'm like i'm curious is it like is it the effects that aren't working on her is it the makeup because like i'm pretty sure if she, like somebody called rihanna she would give you some fenty <laughs> products you know like there's no excuse for like the makeup to be that bad and if it is the effects then like why are jennifer hudson's effects bad and nobody else's and and that's the thing i do agree that there's probably some work they still need to do with the effects i'm very curious why the trailer came out on thursday instead of friday it almost feels like a weird like we got to get it out move versus like being ready friday in australia was that when it was supposed to come out oh okay Mm -hmm. i it was already yeah okay for some reason i thought it was like friday like at least like uk friday since it's like I think a the director is Australian. Hooper. Yeah, Tom Hooper is Australian. Oh, he's Australian. Okay, well, I'm all over the place, and I, I guess I just assumed, <laughs> but like it, it felt like there could they could be softening up the effects or making them better, and maybe by the time we see the film, she won't look as 
literally upsetting <laughs> as she does in this trailer. Because I think it's mostly that shot. There was a shot of her in the chandelier that I, I thought looked good. It's but... more of the close-up where it's just like, there's tons of stills of it on Twitter right now where it's mm -hmm. just like, just her face and she looks a little worried. Maybe she's right in the middle of singing. Mm -hmm. And... It looks just like, oh, what happened? I, I feel like it's the best example of showing like the worst case scenario in <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> like we've got nowhere to go but up. I'm calling it. I'm calling yeah, it. That's fair. That's that's a fair that's a fair prediction that we've got nowhere to go but up so, from that specifically. So yeah, the other thing I I don't know if you noticed, but it's weird. I always think of Jennifer Hudson as a. I think people sometimes joke that she's maybe more of a yell singer. She has such a strong <laughs> voice that the volume of it is always so, so loud, but it's so beautiful, obviously, at the same time. At the beginning of the song, which I'm, I'm, I know the song goes into different ranges, it seemed like it wasn't working in the right range for her. I'm not going to say like it was like pitchy. I'm not going to try to evaluate it in that way. <laughs> but it's a little pitchy dog. Yeah, like. yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far, but it just sounds, it, it's like you have Jennifer Hudson, who's like such a strong singer. Why are you making her sing in this like range versus the range mm -hmm. that works best for her? Which I guess Well, to might... my knowledge, it does start off a little like more whispery. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it gets like intense. I guess it just... It was a little bit off-putting at the beginning, but then again, I was being bombarded with so many visuals that I was like, <laughs> it could have been, it could have been a It was a lot of information to take in, in two minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that, that gif or like that scene from Friends where Christina Pickles is like, that was a lot of information to handle. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and then King I, Gloria didn't break the porch swing, Monica did, <laughs> you know. Did you so. two watch the behind the scenes thing that they also released on like wednesday or uh i saw I did that not. Yes. okay well I, I don't know if this is the same footage that they showed a few months ago at cinemacon when everybody got like their first behind the scenes look like people who are in the industry um probably but it was very much like jennifer hudson like you know i grew up singing in the church and taylor swift I grew up singing as a little kid and now I have a world tour and like then Jason Derulo. And I'm like, okay, what is happening with this behind the scenes? Because we're talking about the actors involved in this. And I think overall the whole behind the scenes segment was really just showcasing the talent that are involved in this. Like mm. we have real musicians, we have ballet, which again, I wasn't familiar if there was ballet involved in cats, but there's this ballerina that they're introducing. I forget what her name. Oh, Francesca Hayward. Francesca. Yeah. So there's this ballerina. They're talking about these like dancers. The choreographer obviously is from Hamilton. Like there's all these elements that I just was so unaware of. And I and maybe this is more of like <laughs> a cinematic thing that they're doing. But I did not know that dancing was even part of Cats, the Broadway performance. As I recall, oh, yeah. it's a little I bit knew. jazzier. But yeah, yeah. Okay. I knew. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm all in. I, I want to try to be positive <laughs> because I don't want to be like, this is garbage. You know, I don't want to just like, but it is upsetting. <laughs> so I, I'm very curious how they're going to pull it together to be an entertaining film at the end of the day. Like, regardless if I know stuff about it or not, I, I, I'm very curious if I'm going to go to the theater and be like, well, that was entertaining. Like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Okay, well, uh, we will check back periodically throughout the next six With months. With more cats oh coverage. And it will culminate in a big old review. Yes, <laughs> it will. Between the, the two of, the both of us. Yes, yes. Uh, this Christmas, so. Uh, I'm just so excited. Okay. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, bye. just finished watching the finale of season two for Big Little Lies and I think we will not only just go over this episode but just kind of the season as a whole what we thought about it um real quickly I have the IMDb synopsis I didn't read them for any of the other episodes but I'll read them for this episode um Celeste questions Mary Louise about a tragic event from Perry's childhood Madeline worries their lie is tearing the Monterey Five apart. Okay, sure. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're all worrying that <laughs> the yeah. lie is tearing them apart. Um, yeah, so in this episode, I mean, it's the finale. I think this show was originally sold as a limited series. The assumption was that it was just going to be a one-season show. Then they announced the second season. We've talked about it before in our previous recap. We were kind of like, uh, can they do a second season? Then they said Meryl Streep, and I was like, okay, well, you got me. <laughs> then there were those pictures that I saw that Kyle didn't of um, Reese Witherspoon throwing the ice cream cone at to Mer or throwing it at Meryl Streep, which looked amazing, and we didn't see it in the show, but it was definitely a selling point for my excitement for this season. Um, overall, I would say that this season, for me, I don't know if you feel the same, Kyle, but I think they just amped up the, like, uh, campiness or the soap opera elements of it. Because I think it was always kind of like a soap opera drama, but it was a little bit more uh, subtle the first season. Mm -hmm. And I think this season, things were amped up like Renata. Renata season two is definitely a different Renata in season one. I think there's, there's a similarity, but she's definitely amped up. Um, but I would say overall for me, as far as an experience, I loved watching these episodes uh if i become a little bit more critical about the season it always felt like how are they going to make a season two what's the conflict season one was someone died and who did it what's the mystery we don't know and also there's this person who's looking for the rapist oh no that same person who died and it's a rapist is the same you know like there was that a colliding element in season one mm -hmm. and this season it kind of started like okay we have to keep our lie and then it was like, okay. And then they had an, an extra element of Mary Louise, played by Meryl Streep, being like, I know you're lying. And then you have the detective very stoically, I don't know, like turning Walking on and around. off the lighter or like staring. <laughs> you know, yeah. she wasn't really doing anything. But like, so basically that was their main, like, uh-oh, are we going to get caught? But overall the season, I think I mentioned this last week, but a journalist from Vanity Fair tweeted, like, uh, her name's Katie Rich, tweeted, like, this is, I know this might sound like a silly question, but if they just told the truth, wouldn't all this be go away? And, like, doesn't this feel a bit thin for season two? And I think that's kind of true. I think they didn't really have another conflict. And by the end of the season, it became, like, a courtroom thing versus, like, what the show was before. Um, I don't mind that, but 
I would say for me, the finale was fine. I'm not like terribly mad at it, but I do think the momentum kind of died off halfway through the season. And halfway? I, or well, s- seven episodes. I guess I started to feel this way during episode five, so two episodes hmm. ago. Um, I think the momentum of like, where are we going? What is the point of the season for me? But overall, my excitement for the characters was always there. I mean, every episode, I was just like, oh, my God. Mary Louise is an amazing character. Yeah. I've, I've never hated Meryl Streep. <laughs> like, I love her. This episode, I was like, oh, my. Like, I'm going to kill her. Like, I was just <laughs> so mad anytime I saw Mary Louise. So, like, the, I think the characters, they really did a good job of building them up. But I think, unfortunately, some of the characters didn't have enough to do. So, I wanted to hear what you felt about this season, and then we can maybe just go through each character and see where they ended up in this finale. Um, it's interesting that you said uh, it's like a soap opera, and you know I don't I've never watched a soap opera, but they always seem dumb and ridiculous to me, and like I wouldn't be interested. Yeah, I th- I think that's kind of like a soap operas get like a negative view, and I think HBO having the prestige of being on HBO and inherently makes it seem like oh this is quality television yeah and like which yeah, it is sure yes but i i do argue that these are soap opera themes that mm-hmm. have the glossy sheen of having these a-list actors like meryl yeah. streep in them and it makes it seem like it's whoa this is like real tv versus those little soap operas i feel like they're doing kind of the same stuff Remember, in this show, we were introduced to Bonnie's mom, who may be a witch or be able to <laughs> predict. Their, like you know, like that's that was an element of the show that they did very subtly, so you may not have noticed. But that is a very soap opera thing. I, to mean, have. I don't know what a soap opera thing is, but I believe sure. You. Okay, it's a very dramatic, campy thing okay. that I think maybe you didn't question because. We're in Monterey. You're looking at Nicole Kidman. You know, it, it feels very like prestigious. But then you're like, wait a minute, is she a witch? Like, you know, like, it, like, yeah. it, like you didn't really think about it until you start dissecting things like that. That that's my point. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 I I think it's interesting, and I think maybe you're right about that. And so then I thought, oh, do I like soap operas? And then you probably I, would. Yeah. I don't know. I think the thing about this that makes it good is, yes, it has the extreme drama, which is, like, insane, and you really get into. However, from, like, clips I've seen of soap operas and things like that, I feel like this drama is very realistic, and I think the acting is really good, where it doesn't seem so overly dramatic for nothing. Like, there was a lot of drama, but that's because, like, there were insane things happening, but sure. they were also grounded. So yes, I would say something like Renata's husband becoming a pure villain by the end of this. Yeah, that was, was a little much, a little, but also yeah, it, good. It, it felt satisfying, of yeah. course, but it was it was like yeah. okay. But I I liked that she like beat up all his toys and like ruined yeah. them. You know, like that was good. But like the his actions, him as a character, but so. I'm sorry. I, I want to hear from you overall this season, sure. season two. What are your feelings about it? And um, did you like it overall? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought there was definitely a lot more drama and, um, you know, intensity. Um, and yes, I agree. The plot wasn't 
as much of a hook as uh, season one. However, the drama was amped up, and um, the Mary Louise character was an interesting wrench thrown into everything, and the acting was still amazing. So I, I really liked it. I didn't feel like it really slowed down to me. Um, I liked the ending. I liked the final episode. Um, That's interesting that you said you liked the ending because when it did end, you were like, come on, more. What's happening? I always say that when I okay. like something. Okay. <laughs> so you, you were satisfied with how it ended? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to know, like, so for sure she said it? <laughs> or Okay. And, like, how did they all just go, okay, we're going to go with you now? So it, it would have been nice to have a little more around that, but I understand for artistic purposes it's nice to end it in that fashion. But Sure. I'm just like, so what made everybody go, okay, we'll support you and go ahead. And I mean, tell. I think it's the fact that it's almost torn them apart, that they're finally yeah, ready to be all like, resolved to it. they're like, let's just, I, I'm tired of this being an element in. Yeah. I guess each person has had that happen, uh, had that realization, but yeah, it was just a little weird how neatly it came together there without them. Like, I, I think it was very neat. So like, yeah. for instance, like overall, it was Mary Louise neat. moved back to San Francisco. Yeah. Like, so now the person who threw the wrench into the whole situation is gone. Um, and they She's all defeated. They all collectively agree to go at the same time with no tension about it. I mean, things like that are very smooth. Um, yeah, it, it seems like everyone came to a resolution. Um, I'm going to go into what happened, but I do want to mention one thing that some controversy that has happened with this season regarding the production hmm. um so on the first episode i of the season i mentioned that there was a new director andrea arnold who directed american honey uh the first season was jean-marc valet who directed um dallas buyers club wild and sharp objects but also directed the first season of big little lies and so when they hired uh andrea arnold they were like we know you know we want you to be the person who is running everything for season two. We want your feel, your vibe, which obviously would mean it would be a little bit different than Jean-Marc Vallée's vibe, mm -hmm. maybe different editing styles, um, different direction overall. If you notice, season two, at least aesthetically, looks and feels very much like season one, right? Yeah. Well, a source went to, I'm referencing an article from IndieWire in case anybody wants to read this. I'll put it in the show notes. But a source went to IndieWire and basically said that they took a lot of the creative elements away from Ar Andrea Arnold after the fact. So she thought, mm. oh, I get to just do my thing. And then they later brought John Mark Valet back to do things. So if you notice, which I noticed it but didn't really think that hard. When they would do the credits, the opening sequence that I love, when we get to see Meryl Streep look to the right a little bit while she's driving, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you pay attention to some of the names, it seemed like, why are there so many people involved in the production and like all, it was like too many people, which normally when there's too many people involved in creative elements, it seems like there's something weird happening there. And it seems like it might have been because for whatever reason, HBO, um, was like, do your thing. And then they were like, ooh, but wait a minute. We want the safety and re reliability of what we already did. So let's get John McValley to kind of do some reshoots and stuff. Mm. And sh I think this source... Recently which, or? Uh, recently to do the reshoots. Yeah. Apparently the reshoots happened as recent of maybe earlier this year. 
I think, like, which mm. is odd for yeah. their production. Um, so the source, which people are assuming the source is either like a friend of Andrea Arnold or like someone who's very close to her, who's basically like speaking for her. Mm. It's basically like she's kind of upset because she thought I was hired to do my thing and then I did it and then you took it away from me. Yeah. And if you wanted the same thing, why not just use Jean-Marc Vallée? And it seemed like at the time he was unavailable. Um, Hmm. The optics of this, why this is bad is just because it's like, you know, the first season was directed by a guy. The second season has a woman who has a very unique voice. Um, Reese Witherspoon is one of the producers of the show. I think her production company also like does a lot of stuff. So Hmm. it kind of feels like, wouldn't you be like rooting for her? Why would you have somebody come back and redo what she did or whatever. It's a little weird, a weird situation. I just wanted to mention that because that is something a lot of people are talking about. Hmm. Um, And maybe there will be some clarification. I think there's like, I think it's TCAs or I don't know what's coming up, but they're obviously going to ask HBO about this. So maybe there'll be some clarification about the season. What what is that? TCAs? Yeah, I believe it's, uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's like a, like they talk about all their new programming that's coming up and what Hmm. has happened so far and whatever. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I know that HBO is going to be going and they're probably going to be asking them what happened during the season. Anyway, to get into season two, um, I'm going to go just character by character and just go through it and then we can... For the whole season or for this episode? For this episode. Sorry. okay. I mean, yeah. We talked about the season in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say, like, are we satisfied with where they ended up? Sure. So um, let's talk about Zoe Kravitz, uh, Bonnie. I think last week I also mentioned I was a little bit unhappy with overall what was happening with her. Uh, First season, we didn't get much of her. Uh, Apparently, if you were a book reader, you do get a lot of Bonnie at the character and understand that she experienced abuse before and why seeing someone like Perry beat um, Celeste would be triggering to her. But for us, the audience, it was kind of like, whoa, Bonnie just came out of nowhere, you know? So the second season, I felt like they were trying to establish her as a character and uh, bring up her past trauma. They never outright do it. It's all implied. We never see any of the abuse. She does specifically Uh. say, though, in when she's reading that thing out of her book, she does say, like, you did this. Like, so I guess I guess we do know for sure that she was beat. It also seems like she doesn't enjoy the elements of her mom doing some type of black magic witchcraft stuff with the crystal and the bone and the feather that seemed to be a really upsetting moment for her Um, yeah that wasn't quite explained i feel like again this is where i'm getting into bonnie's mom's a witch and we (laughs) just all were like "Mm -hmm." no i mean it wasn't quite explained why she hated it so much yeah which i can only assume it was linked to the uh abuse but who knows yeah i guess somehow Anyway, so Bonnie's character throughout the season, we basically learned that she's gone through a lot in her life. We don't know the specifics, but she was abused. She blames her mom for some of the choices that she later made in life and um, admits that she's married to somebody she doesn't love. And this episode, her mom, they do this thing that I feel like I didn't love where they make us think she's about to kill her mom. (laughs) <laughs> right we yeah. we had to pause it because we we're like oh no oh no yeah. like like it was scary she it was she doesn't kill her mom um but she does uh sleep next to her yes <laughs> it does seem like she's like okay she's her mom's coming back but then her mom dies so that's another thing it's like you introduce this character and we didn't really get much of her and 
I don't know. I just we got enough of her. Uh, we barely got any of her until the moment we got like more of her. She had the stroke. I mean, we had a bit of her before that. Okay, I just argue that Bonnie wasn't as developed as the other characters, and I think they tried, but I just don't think they really nailed it. Uh, I am happy that we got more of what her background was, and I'm happy that we got her to be like. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. So like her being real because the pairing uh, regarding her husband, I'm sorry, Nate, Oh, her relationship with Nate. She didn't even say I love you. Oh yeah. I guess she's just like, (laughs) you're a good dad, (laughs) but bye. (laughs) I don't love you. I never have. Oh yeah. Actually. Yeah. She probably did the opposite. She just said, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) So, but here's the thing. I would love to know who Bonnie is because the person who we were introduced to was this like yoga, like I'm just this calm like person. And yeah, I'm married to Nate, a complete like dud of a person. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just me. And like, hey guys, like she just seemed like uh-huh. that was like her vibe, right? And then for her to be like, actually, I don't like you. <laughs> and I've never been in love with yeah. you. It's kind of like, oh, who are you as a person? I would Maybe like to she's know. She's figuring that out now. Okay, that's great. I wish season three. No, I don't want there to be season three. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that would be. I think they need to end it. I think they could, if they want to make Big Little Lies like an anthology series, and like the third season is another Little Lie with a uh, with other people, or even the same actors just playing completely different characters in a different environment, I'd be okay with that. But I Whoa, can't, but that would be weird. That would be the interesting. same actors in a different environment with different characters they they do that with like american horror story like with an anthology series they could just completely change everything i would love to see them continue acting together because i think they did a good job great together i just wish bonnie in this season had more to do but i am happy that they gave her something i just wanted a little bit more she was central to the whole thing so that was true she also was the only person who pushed him so it was kind of like yeah okay well if you say something then you won't really get i mean you you're just claiming self-defense so you wouldn't really get in trouble well or or if they played up like you know i think i think it's probably accidental manslaughter or something because she he wasn't attacking her and she went up and pushed him but i don't know you know it's possible it's quite possible she'll go to jail a little bit and also the fact that they lied about it probably makes it worse where they're all going to have something happen possibly. Yeah. Well, okay. So was, was there anything else you wanted to say about Bonnie? Nope. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, that's Bonnie. Uh, it seems like she's turning herself in. She left Nate and the end. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah. All right. Jane, Jane, I think really her conclusion is she has that moment in court where Mary Louise is like, my son's the victim. And you can see Ugh. Jane is just like devastated. Yeah. That, you know, and then. And Celeste points at her and she's like, she was raped. And well, she's and, like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. You can do it. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. like, at first I was like, Celeste, did you talk to Jane about yeah, this? No, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, so yeah, Jane pretty much has that moment of like, just being uncomfortable hearing someone say to her face that her son the rapist is a victim. Yeah. Um, and then she talks to that guy who she works with. Seems like they have 
reconciled. They're back together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the conclusion really for her is she's going to pursue a relationship with him. And she had sex. She had sex with him? I think it's implied. She had her what? top off. Where? For like a second and an in-between scene. Oh, I guess I did not. I mean, she not... wasn't naked, but she oh, had I like didn't... just her bra on. I didn't pick up on that at all. I was like, it's implied by her kissing the guy in front of the <laughs> aquarium? Like... like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, there what? was there was you know the standard like cut 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 like one the of the like, cuts oh, was okay her with her top off. And oh, I totally missed that. Okay, so yeah. maybe yeah. Well, you looked down at your phone a couple times. Yeah, well, I feel like that's showing that I was kind of done with the show by the end. Nope. Um, anyway, so Jane also is there, turning herself <laughs> in maybe oh. or just being like, "Yep, what? Bonnie did it." At the end oh. in the police station, so. <laughs> yep, Bonnie did it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of weird. It's like they're gonna go in there and be like, "Yeah, she did it." <laughs> I mean, truly, like I know. Yep. <laughs> there, there, there. She is. Sorry, like, <laughs> we were trying to help her. Yeah, like I don't know. Um, the most. Oh, well, let's talk about Madeline. Or I, I'm trying to stop myself from saying Madeline because that one time Laura Dern said it, and now I'm like yeah. screwed up. Okay, Madeline. Um. W- this one I was a little like, guys, come on. So she and Ed renew their vows. And it kind of felt like you both don't like each other. This whole mm. season. It just felt... It, I have never felt like she liked him. Because every time... This season I felt like she liked him. Really? It, it just felt like she was like, so are you mad at me? What, what's, what's this going to be? You mad? Like it just, <laughs> That's what it felt like the entire season for me. It, it never felt like... I love you so much. I'm passionately like in love with you. I care about you. And it's just like, so what, what is it? You're going to be mad at me. <laughs> that's, that's what it felt like to me. What nah, about you? I, I feel like it started that way a little bit. And then she got more like, Oh, let me make it up to you. I really do love you. I want to reignite the passion that we never had. And... That, yeah. The passion <laughs> that never existed. Yeah. Reignite it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. So this worked for you. Yeah, I think it was fine. It was good. I just felt like by the end of it, oh, so you're going to stay with each other even though... and But but they didn't act it. Like, if they were like, we're staying with each other even though we don't want to be with each other, that would have been like, ooh, okay. But <laughs> no. they didn't do that. It was kind of like, and now we are happy and we're going to move forward from this. Yeah, although he said, like, this isn't going to fix everything, but, yeah. you know, like, this is how we can start anew and try to make this work. I'm very curious in Madeline's case if she, I'm assuming she told Ed, by the way, I'm going to go to the police to talk about what happened and say that Bonnie did it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't like, I'm wondering if that, because that probably would have been more solidifying to their relationship to be like, the reason why I've been so distant is because I've been keeping this lie from you. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. That would have been nice to see. I wonder when that happened, if it were after they renewed their vows after yeah yeah <laughs> it's like okay i'll never keep a secret from you and okay yeah and by the way oh he, by the way i've been keeping a secret from yeah you. here's a secret <laughs> that i have been keeping from you and he's like that's it <laughs> bonnie did it yeah yeah uh so yeah that's kind of the ending with her character i for me personally i just felt like they should have ended it the relationship but whatever um let's go to renata Renata has been the best character of the season, obviously. <laughs> like her next, and Mary Louise. Yes, her and Mary Louise. Um, Renata 
is also the red jumpsuit that she wears when she's breaking all the stuff. She looked amazing. Renata's had great fashion moments this season. Um, I'll try to get an image of it and post it online um, if I can. But yeah, Renata basically, at the beginning of this episode, she's in Starbucks, which already it's so hard for me to believe that Laura Dern goes into a Starbucks. So that was a bit jarring. What? I just don't imagine it. You know what I really don't imagine? Meryl Streep going into a Starbucks. And so when Meryl Streep, Mary Louise walks in Uh and they have that weird encounter, I was like, you two women are never in a Starbucks. I just, (laughs) this is too hard. But then, (laughs) then she kind of is revealing her insecurities because Mary Louise says something about a nanny and that sets Renata off. She's, which made me think, how does Mary Louise know about the nanny? Like, (laughs) yeah. And I was like, Oh, clearly she doesn't know about the nanny, but she's so on edge about it that she figures yes, somehow that, she knows. Yes, that's that is the case. And so Renata is feels really insecure, storms out, and then the funniest part is Mary oh Louise God. being like, I'll I'll take it to her. We're going to the same place. Like, <laughs> she's supposed to yeah. take her coffee. She's gonna go bring it to her, like, oh my god. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Renata basically is on edge at the beginning. Then we see her at the end with, uh, I think his name's Gordon, the guy who has sucked since day one. Oh, yeah. Her yeah. husband. Yes. And so she goes to her empty house. And I was like, why are you entering this empty house? This is weird. <laughs> and I was like, that's where she lives. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And then she could hear something in that toy room. She goes into the toy room. He's playing with the toys. And he's acting like, hey, good news. The guy who bought the toys, he knows I'm the best person to keep them, like, in good condition. Mm-hmm. So I get to keep them, and we got money. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, but what about all my stuff? And he's like, you and your concerns. Like, he's just, yeah. like, so, uh, like, not considerate of her feelings whatsoever. And, and then the nanny comment? Well, and, yeah, she's like, you know, you you ruined all of this. You ruined our, the place where our child lives. You've everything is gone and you were having an affair with the nanny and now you get to keep the toys or whatever. And he's like, well, I need to play with something. Oh, and I feel like that that is such a dick thing to say, but also I feel like that is amping up his like dickish behavior for us to all as an audience be like, kill him. Like, you know, like, (laughs) and so I wanted her to hop on the table, literally just (laughs) smash everything, do a backflip grab a bottle, bash his head. Like I wanted her to like yeah. set the place on fire after he said that. She, she did a lot. She essentially does that except human version. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm asking her to become like a superhero and just do all these things. Um, but she breaks all his stuff and rightfully so, which like, I mean, I think as an audience, just like, Oh, that's your money too. Well, she also throws the ring at him. Yeah. And I think she's kind of done being yeah, connected sure. to him, which is so odd to me. Like earlier in the season, she does say something to Jane about like, you know, we stay with our spouses, you know, even if they cheat, this is before she knows that he cheated. Um, mm. And it is weird because it's like, why do you need to stay with him? Why? I think it was for her daughter. Like, everything she's always talking about her daughter. Sure. what are you, a mom? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she is. But it's also, like, what's best for your daughter is for you not to murder the dad in front of her. (laughs) So you guys should leave. Well, that's why there's that big door in there. The big door? Yeah. What are you talking about? To the room where she was about to murder him. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so the door shields the daughter from seeing anything. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, all right. Anyway, so I think that with her character, it seems like it's the end of the relationship finally, which is like, girl, you should have like, that relationship should have ended like episode three when you found out that yeah. he did all this stuff. Um, but yeah, the end of the relationship and she also is goes into the uh, police station as well. Um, I tried to think if anything else happens with her. No, that's it, right? Yep. Okay. And then finally, Celeste and Mary Louise. So they have the court uh, room drama. And basically, it was a little bit confusing because we see Celeste and she seems to be having a memory. But her memory involves Perry as a child. And, and Mary Louise. And, it and Mary Louise as a young mom. And it shows that his brother died in the car accident. And it's a story that we never really got any detail about until mm -hmm. now where basically it's implied that Mary Louise's temper or something happened that caused the accident, which led to her son dying. And then later, Mary Louise resented Perry a bit and would say things like, it's your fault. You did this or if you distracted me and abused him. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so... Celeste uses this when she's in court talking to Mary Louise. That was intense. It was intense. And Meryl Streep was amazing. Mm -hmm. She has a moment where she seems so uncomfortable and bothered that she exhales like, or something and then stands up like, inhale. Well, well, inhale or exhale. She does something, but it yeah. almost looks like she has a weird physical reaction to what um, Celeste says that, I think my sister was like, oh my gosh, is she going to have a stroke? Like it almost looked yeah. like she was physically going through something. That is the amazing acting of Meryl Streep. Like <laughs> truly, I was just like, what is happening? Um, after that moment, also Meryl or Mary Louise goes to Celeste home again oh to God. try to be like, why did you lie? My son didn't do those things. Um, I guess I should also mention. No, she was saying I didn't do those things because she yes, says that yes. you kicked. Perry told me you kicked him and said those things. And she's like, don't lie. Like, I didn't do those things. Mm -hmm. And we should mention this iPad that the kids have been looking at, reminiscing about their father. They also captured their father abusing their mom. Yeah. And so she uses that as evidence to show that Perry abused her and basically uses that to say, well, if we know that, children pick up from their parents stuff maybe your son is abusive because of you now mm -hmm. that's partially probably true but also he's a grown adult so like whatever but she's using the same logic that was being used against her um what do you mean like they were trying to say like oh well because you like to have like violent sex or whatever you know maybe your children are going to be picking up these bad behaviors they can't be around you therefore I thought they, they were be. just saying that she enjoys that stuff, so she's going to be violent. Yes, I think they were trying to say everything, but I think part yeah. of it was also implying like the children are going to pick up on this. Sure. Which there was also a moment with the kids where the kids were like, oh, how did you do in court? Were you a superhero? And she's like, yeah, it was like Wonder Woman and the, the Hulk, Hulk combined. combined. And like, oh, did you beat her up? And it's like, uh, these why aren't these kids in therapy? Because Mary Louise, right? or I'm sorry, Celeste's reaction was like, no, like what? Like yeah. she looks very concerned. But it's like, yeah, Rightfully these kids, so. these kids have seen violence all their lives. Like, can you put them in therapy? They are yeah. not well. Um, but yeah, Mary Louise had 
that moment uh, during the questioning, and then obviously the moment when she approaches Celeste at, in her home. And then I think, really, she doesn't get the children. Uh, Mary so, Louise doesn't. Yes. Celeste tells the children to hug her, which that happens. But really, it kind of just feels like Mary Louise is defeated, and she leaves. She goes yeah. back to San Francisco. She stops living next to Jane, who, <laughs> like earlier, like we mentioned, oh basically implied that she wasn't a victim and her son was the victim. And it's so yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, and Celeste gets the children, but it does kind of feel like she has a lot of work to do because those kids are not well. Yeah. Right? And then she also goes in. So at the end of the day, the episode ends with all of them going in. We don't know. We don't see anything afterwards. But I guess it's just implied that they're finally ready to get rid of this lie. And I think Celeste says something about to Madeline, like, our friendship is the lie. Which yeah. I kind of understand, but I also am like, eh, okay, so now that you're telling each other, are you guys not going to be friends? Any-? Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of. Yeah, I think really what it should have been was the lie is what brought us together as friends. Got it. So okay, that's once, probably it. Yeah, once they release the lie, I think they can just be friends without that. Yeah, so I would say for me, Meryl Streep should definitely next year get awarded for this performance. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. freaking good. I think Laura Dern should definitely get nominated for her performance. <laughs> um, I don't know if she will win, because I need to see... like. I, I don't have any doubt that anyone can beat Meryl Streep. But Laura Dern, her greatest moments were her freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know who her competitors are going to be. But I definitely think she should get some type of recognition for her performance. Yeah. I think in this case, I think Nicole Kidman did a really good job this season. But mm-hmm. um, it was a little bit different than the first season where we were watching her just be this horrible oh, victim yeah. of abuse. Which is what led to her winning a lot of um, awards last season, or at least for that season. I think she could probably get nominated because it was really rough at the beginning of these of the season watching her be happy and sad that Perry is gone. Yeah. Like that conflicting nature of the abuse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy I'm not getting abused anymore, but I miss it type of thing. Yeah. You know who I also miss? We didn't get enough of the therapist. We got her at the <laughs> beginning of the season, but then she just wasn't there anymore. Well, you were like, this therapist sucks. I wasn't saying she that was she gone. sucked. I was just saying like, no, I actually never said she sucked. You were like, this therapist is not no, like a real therapist. No, that was um, Grace when we were at in New Jersey. She oh, was, I yeah. thought you agreed with her. No, I, I understood her viewpoint, but I didn't I didn't dislike the therapist as much as she did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I, I think the show overall, I think this should be the last season of this story. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of like, a series about a small lie ruining people's lives and it being a different thing, you know, like Hmm. I, I I definitely like that idea, but I think that this story is now over and should end. I'd be very interested if they do what you were saying and do like an anthology where they play completely different characters. I would freaking love that. That I can't believe they would, but that would be, really interesting i mean i'm sure they would want to because they want to keep these women because everybody's watching this show right but they yeah. know that the story itself is over they cannot I mean, do do they though i mean they can't do it i mean if they brought meryl streep back of course i'm there but like they they need to not 
do this for, Meryl for the Street's sake. gonna come for the kids she's gonna become like a lunatic yeah i don't know i i would rather them just end it where it is now yeah so yeah uh do you have anything else to say about this season uh no i think it was great yeah it was it was a lot of fun and just to be more clear i had a really good experience and i think i really enjoyed the characters but the plot itself was a little hit yeah. or miss for me but the characters i think are amazing yeah yeah all right, so let me or let us know if you ended up watching this season and what you thought about it, and let's end the show. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and also subscribe. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at OffscreenBabble. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, please email us at OffscreenBabble at gmail.com. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.